Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Welcome to the dumbest part of your day. This is Common Man and T-Bone. 56-year-old mom is pregnant with son's baby. Nope. 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 No. 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 Why? What's the matter with you people? Featuring Panama Ted. Shut up, Ted! Five-minute delays with Leanna Ray. You guys like Bjork? And random sounds from the internet. Yes, sir! He's Shavaka, dude! You want to sack? The guy is drunk! Watch your profanity. Would you not eat my pants? This is Man and Bone. (laughs) Happy Monday, it is Reaction Monday. Hello, Bone. Hello, man. We have a big program today. The segment that's not a segment, yikes. At 4.34, Jason's beef. At 5.34, here's how it works on a Monday. 3 o'clock hour, lots of Buckeyes, lots of college football. 4 o'clock hour, NFL things, brownies, other things. Mm. 5 o'clock hour, a little mix of everything. A flavorful broth. A bouillabaisse. Oh, I was going to say, what do they call the flavorful broth, no, typically? I mean, could be a consomme. Consomme? A bouillabaisse. St- I was going to say stew. Stew. Stew is the one or I would chili, go with. chili, depending on how you make your chili. What's the difference between a stew and a consomme? I feel like a consomme is runnier. Nope. The answer is one of those is the first name of a legendary wrestling guy. The other is just a co- word called consomme. Uh, Stu Hart. Got it. That's where you went. Just want to make sure you knew. <laughs> knew what I was talking about. Of all about. the stews in the world. Yeah, Stu Hart. Stu Hart. Yeah. Not Stu Gotts. Legendary wrestling guy is, by the way, how I framed that. I just want to pat myself on the back. Stu Scott. You could send that off to the Marconi Awards, Ted. Just let them know. I did it. I said legendary wrestling guy to name Stu Hart. He's a scratch golf player. Who? Stu Hart. Is he? I don't know. Well, just the way you said it. He's not alive. That's for sure. No. He's dead. Stuart Scott, not alive. Yeah, I know. That's too bad. He's dead too. Yeah. Anybody alive that's named Stu that we know? Oh, yeah. You said uh, Stu Gotts. Stu Gotts is. That's right. We don't know him. We know of him. Yeah. Who else? I don't know. Not a lot of guys named Stu that I know. Anyway. Went to uh, uh, high school with a guy named Stu Gergens. Oh, really? Stuart Gergens had a pool. If your name was Stuart, would you go by Stu or would you insist people called you Stuart? Uh, early in his life, it was Stuart. Then when he got to high school, it was Stu. Well, no, but I'm asking you. Well, well me. Yeah, what would you prefer? Would Stu. you prefer to go by Stu? Yeah, I would think I would too. Yeah. Says the guy who goes by Jonathan. I feel like Stu is more approachable. Well, you have like 10 names that you go by. <laughs> Jonathan, J.D. Hey, where's J.D.? Uncle Who? Bo Uncle Bo calls me Smitty whenever Smitty. I see him. Which is funny because that's how I first met him. I was a Smitty back then. Mm-hmm. We've known each other a long time. Anyway. You guys met at the uh, the clan meeting. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's right. That's where we met. That's 
Good job. Let's rope him into all that, too. Way to go. He's from Montana. He didn't even see a black person until he went to college. Come on. Okay. Jokes are getting very odd these days. Thank you. Uh, Buckeyes beat Rutgers 49 to 10. I'm curious to get your take on this game because I thought it was, despite the score, which I don't think surprised a lot of people, I thought the game was weird. Oh, very weird. You know, yeah, normally a game, a game like this, a score like this, you look at it and say, "Oh, I guess C.J. Stroud padded his Heisman resume." Nope. No, not really. Not I really. mean, he was fine. He was there, you know. But you're not looking at this as any sort of breakout performance. You had a lot of game time decisions. Travion Henderson didn't play. You know, it was pretty much just I'm going to run it down your throat offense. Not a lot of imagination of things. And it's not like there always needs to be. I was just surprised to see it. Now, I guess my takeaway from this game is mostly that Ohio State did what they had to do to beat Rutgers, which is that you don't have to you don't have to cross a very high bar to do that. Now, Obviously, there are some positives to take away from this game, one of which will be, of course, my guy, your guy. I played the music for him last week. I continue to love him. His name is Mayan Williams. He's the best running back on the team. I hope that you know Travion Henderson is fine, and it sounds like he is because you want to have both these guys healthy. But if I have one guy, I can only pick one guy for one drive. It's Mayan Williams. Well, it's Mayan Williams or Jesse Mirko. If he sees an opening, he's going to hit the hole and make you pay. Okay. But other than that, if the defense of just abdicates one whole side of the field, then maybe Jesse Mirko I, I consider. But you're right. Mayan Williams, to me, is the total package. He's physical. He has the burst. By the way, if anybody was concerned about that, are you concerned? I don't think you have to be. I think you saw how that goes. But no, he's... So there's a positive to take away. I'm not trying to be down on this team or down on this game. I think... There are things that this team does well. Certainly, running the football has become a focal point and identity for this team, which is good. I remember Ryan Day saying before the season, he had a quote that stuck out to me at the time he said it. And I just kind of filed it away for later keeping. But he had said, like going into that first week, he said, we, you know, we're, we've got to establish the run. That's got to be a part of our identity. We have to run the football. And I just thought at the time, I'm like, well, everyone knows that this, this team likes to throw the football. Ryan Day's offenses tend to highlight the ability to throw the football. And I didn't know if that was just coach speak or what that was, or maybe he's just trying to motivate the guys through the media or something. But no, I think he genuinely looked at this team and said, our offense is not going to be nearly as complete as it could be. It's not going to be nearly as good as it could be if we don't make a concerted effort to get our running game going. And I think you've seen that happen this year, more so than in years past with Ryan Day. Would you agree with that? Yes. I think that Ryan Day thought that they were a bit of a one-trick pony. You know, his default is he wants to pass. Yeah, You know, that's where his expertise is. But he also understands that depending on the game and how it goes, you're going to need other things. And I think he knows that. You know, we've also seen at times where things are a little bit tight. The playbook tends to get a little tight. You're putting a lot of stuff on tape now. You're showing teams and defenses you can beat them in a lot of different ways. You know, it's nice to have a guy win the Heisman. Obviously, as a Buckeye fan, you you want that. I want C.J. Stroud to win the Heisman. It's great for recruiting. It means you've had a fantastic season. All that. But at the end of the day, what do we want the most? We want this team to win a national championship. So if this team is getting better, or Ryan Day thinks it's a better team, 
running the ball 40 times and C.J. Stroud happens to have 13 completions, but they win the game, well, then that's all that matters because he knows he's not out there to beat Rutgers. He knows it. And he says as much politely every single week. He'll come out and say, oh, Rutgers are well coached. They have a good team. You got to watch this guy. He knows who he's playing every single week. He's playing himself, his own standards, and Alabama and Georgia. That's who he's playing. And of course, getting back at Michigan, winning that game. That's who you're playing every single week. You're getting better for that. Not right. to beat Rutgers. Who cares? Yeah, and I and I will t- to your point though about this offense because I am I am certainly glad to see the running game be more of a a piece to this offense than it has been in the past. Or I don't even want to say it wasn't a past of uh, a part of those Ryan Day offenses in the past. It just I don't think we looked at it and said there is one guy who you know can go get you five yards when you need five yards or or, or four. You know, a guy who can get you just a little bit more than you need. Mine Williams is turning into that guy. He has obviously got big play potential. He's got all. The, to me, he's got all the tools. I like the way he runs. But that all said, if you told me before the game, Mayan Williams is going to have more yards rushing the football than C.J. Stroud is going to have throwing the football, I would have guessed that then Mayan Williams had a 300-yard day. Wouldn't you? Probably. Right? I mean, if you said that ahead of time, so that's, and I'm not taking away from what he did. He had 189 yards. That's, he's fine. I'm, this is not any slouch on him. It's, I don't dislike what we, what we saw. On Saturday, though. No, I know. I'm just saying I think CJ was a little inaccurate. He, he was. It wasn't his best game. And so that lack of sharpness is concerning unless we're just going to say it's Rutgers well, and everyone knew thing, it's going to be an easy day. And it was. It's uh, And maybe the lack of focus just kind of tripped up a few guys on both sides of the football, not just on offense. I don't know. Ryan Day uses this word a lot. You know, when talking about last year's team, he uses the word young. And I think that's polite for soft. And I think that's what he wanted to achieve in the offseason, is to go out there, field a football team that can punch you in the face. And I think he's feeling more confident that he has that team. Yeah. You know, we see a lot of games from, you know, teams that should be better than they are. They get gut punched in some of these games, and you wonder how physical they, they are and how physical they can be. And I think Ryan Day is preparing for that. He is preparing for that punch in the gut. And how can you respond? And I think this team can respond. We know that C.J. Stroud can throw for 500 yards. Did you know, though, before the season started, as talented as you thought Travion Henderson was or had the ability to be, did you think this team could walk into a game and win a game simply pushing people around, playing good defense, and running the football if it came to that? No, I, I I had my doubts about that. I was certainly concerned about them being able to hold up in a physical contest. Me too. I, I didn't know what to expect from this defense. I still don't know what to expect from this secondary. A lot of people say it's injuries. I I don't know what the hell it is. But I think this linebacker group is physical. I think the defensive line is physical. And I think this offensive line is very good. They can punch you in the face, move the line of scrimmage, and now they can punch you running the football. I know that C.J. Stroud can throw 400 yards. We've seen it. But sometimes you need to be do different things to win a football game. We are seeing that now. We're seeing the evolution of toughness with this team. Yeah. Now, that all said, the offense can still find ways to improve, and I'm sure it will. Of course. I, I don't look at this game. I'm, I'm not... 49-10 to 10 is a great score, and I'm not looking at it saying, oh my gosh, 
everything's a problem. CJ Stroud didn't look like himself. There's been a, I mean, it's been a couple of weeks in a row where he hasn't been the sharpest we've seen him, right? But is that a product of just the way that this kind of schedule is right now, where these games don't have to be? You don't have to be that sharp to win these games in the Big Ten. Is it a product of the guy that he's most comfortable probably throwing the football to and Jackson Smith and Jigba hasn't been out there for a, a good part of this season? I don't know. There's or, not a lot of teams that can play with you in this conference, Bone. And, well, right. That's just the thing. You know, I we, don't, we I don't just, know what you're supposed to do about well, that. Well, nothing. We just sort of expect that these guys run out of the tunnel every single week and they're ready to go. But they know they know what they are. They know they're 37-point favorites. They know what's expected of them. You know, sometimes sort of sleepwalk through thing. I'm I'm not saying that's that's okay. I mean yeah, I like them right. to go I'd like CJ to be sharp every single game. The reality is I just don't know if that's possible. Yeah, I you know there's <laughs> for not to put too fine a point on this, but there's a level of resistance I'm sure all these guys expect when they play football. And at some point, if you ever like have missed a step when you're walking up or down steps and you think there's going to be something there and you just you miss it and you kind of oh and you slip a little bit I feel like that's kind of what mentally has to happen to you when you play such inferior opponents sometimes, right? Where you're like, well, this should be harder than it is. It's not. And after a couple plays, you realize, oh, gosh, we could do anything we kind of want to. And you just don't come out with that same sharpness for the rest of the game. I'm not even saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying it's a natural thing that occurs. So I maybe I should be more worried about that. I'm not right now. New polls are out. We will discuss coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for an accident blocking the left lane of I-70 downtown Sport Westbound at 4th Street. Traffic is stop and go from the 71 East Split in this area. Please use caution as traffic continues to build. About a 15-minute backup is expected. Striving report is sponsored by Liberty Mutual Insurance. Nobody should have to pay for one-size-fits-all insurance coverage. Liberty Mutual customizes your car and home insurance, so you only pay for what you need. Visit LibertyMutual.com to learn more. Almiana Ray with Fan Traffic. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Picture a sports talk show, but without all those pesky sports getting in the way. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Happy Monday, Reaction Monday. Buckeyes beat Rutgers 49-10. to New polls are out. Alabama's number one again. Alabama's one, Georgia is two, Ohio State three. They now are now getting 10 first place votes. I think last week it was four. Week before that it was one. So whatever it's worth, doesn't matter. Uh, Michigan's four, stays at four. Clemson stays at five. USC stays at six. Oklahoma State up two spots at number seven. Tennessee stays at eight. Ole Miss up five spots to nine. Penn State is up a spot to 10. Uh, other Big Ten teams in the poll, none. They gone. <laughs> well, I think that's fairly telling, isn't it? That you have three teams from the Big Ten East in the top 10, and that is also the entire composition of the Big Ten in the top 25. It's all in the East, and they're all teams that are right now thought to be some of the best in the country. This conference is uh, it's bad. I, I, I don't know what Michigan is. 
You know, Michigan was fine against Iowa. You know, you score 14 points against Iowa, you're going to win. Because their offense is just pathetically brutal. They are, they're one of the worst offenses I've ever watched. And their defense is fine, but I wasn't wowed by Michigan's offense or J.J. McCarthy watching that. In fairness to them, they didn't have to be flashy. They knew what they had to do to go in there and win the game, and they did. I still don't know what Michigan is. I think they're good, but who knows? And there's a lot of people saying that about Ohio State. Because when you well, look at yeah. the, well, when you look at this resume, I mean, yeah, at the time you had some, you know, big time games. You know, you, you thought Wisconsin was a big time game. More on them in a second. You thought Notre Dame was a big time game. Turns out it wasn't. I mean, it was in the moment, but you know, there's a lot of people nationally looking at this team, saying, "Who have you beaten?" The good news is it doesn't matter as long as you beat everybody on your schedule. Ohio State's going to the playoffs every single time. But Penn State's coming up. What is Penn State? You know, they, they had trouble with Northwestern at home. Now, was that because it was sloppy and rainy and, you know, they were sleeping because Northwestern's a piece of crap? I don't know. That's the theme in the Big Ten Conference this year. It's either I don't know or I do know and they're bad. Well, I think one thing you can take away from, you know, let's say how how Ohio State fared against Notre Dame and Wisconsin. There is a There is a part of that that certainly is correct when you say, those teams are crap. They're not any good. And so the Buckeyes in those games, how they performed, isn't really indicative of what they're going to do in bigger games against better competition because they played against inferior competition and and they had the games they did, right? But I also think you can take away from at least the Notre Dame game because it was closer. And certainly from this Wisconsin game, I think you could you can take some good things away too, is that when they were going into the game thinking... This is a tough opponent when everyone in the media was saying, for at least Notre Dame, that's a top five team you're playing right there. That could be a loss. You never know. That could be a little frightening. Even though Vegas didn't go that way, even though most of the people I think that were truly looking at it said Ohio State should be better than Notre Dame. How did the Buckeyes, you know, fare in that game? They saw through some adversity. They got to a point where they did what they had to do and they won the football game. Now, as it turned out, Notre Dame's not that good. But going in mentally as a player, when they were prepared to play a tough opponent, they ended up finding a way to win. Then they go and play Wisconsin, their next, air quotes, big game that they have on the schedule. How'd they look? Did they look a little different against Wisconsin? Yeah. Is Wisconsin better or worse than Notre Dame right now? I don't really know. I, I, I'd be hard to say. They're both not great. But I would think that shows a little bit of improvement over the last, you know, five weeks, that this team, when they're playing in a bigger game, does seem to have a little bit more of that focus, that tenacity coming out. Certainly, you can compare that to how they looked against Rutgers and say, yeah, not quite the same standard. We know when they played Wisconsin, I thought they came out with a little more fire, right? So the, the, the preseason rankings, the rankings before some of these games, I think give you a story of how this Buckeye team fared when they thought they were playing a good opponent. And I think that does show some improvement, even if it turns out those teams aren't as good as we thought. And the reality is you have to play who's on the schedule. Right, I mean, going into this season, we thought a lot of things. We thought Notre Dame, maybe they're not a top five team, but they're a good team. Turns out they're not. You know, Wisconsin's always a challenge. Turns out they weren't. You know, at Michigan State, that can be a tough one. That It won't be. If it is, we got problems because their defense sucks. You got Iowa. That's always a tough one, right? It shouldn't be. It won't be. You know, that game at Penn State, that could be the only true game that makes us nervous. Until we get to Michigan. And really, when I look at that game, I'm asking myself, 
Is it Penn State, the team and the roster that makes me nervous? Or just the act of going there that makes me nervous? I think I'm more nervous about the stadium than I am about the team because I don't think the Nittany Lions are that good. Yeah, I don't either, but I still think it's going to be a tough atmosphere and it's it's going to be a test, right? It's going to be a test this week for the Buckeyes in the only in the sense that you could theoretically have a, a crowd that gives you a little bit of trouble. And if somehow... Sparty hangs around for a quarter or two, and that crowd gets a little well, noisy. See, here's the thing. I don't know how I don't, ma- what kind of crowd they're going to have. It, it could be majority Buckeye fans up there because that fan base has given up on the season. They're deflated. Well, you're right that Ohio State fans certainly, I believe, will travel there. I'm just saying this is the first time this Buckeye team's been on the road all year. It, they have not had a road game until October. L- middle of October almost, it feels like, even though I know the that That started, may help but- lock them in. I you're right. I'm just I'm I'm curious to see what that looks like because that's your only road test you get before you go to Penn State. Yeah. And so that's that's going to be a little bit that they're going to have to find out about themselves this weekend. Just like they had to go find out when you play teams that are highly ranked or have this big number next to their name. Well, what does that mean? How good are those teams? Well, you find out how you measure yourself when you when everyone is telling you you're playing a really good team now. This perception is out there that this is a big game. I think that helps figure out what your team is capable of doing in those big game moments. Same thing here. It's not the road game that I think we'd all say is the best road game or the toughest road game they're going to face, but it's still a road game. And you got to get up for that and figure out how to overcome it if the crowd gets on you for any reason. I think Ryan Day is trying to get this team to play with more of an edge. And for the most part, I think he's successful. It warmed me, too, as a fan. To see Ryan Day screaming at Greg Schiano. Oh, yeah. I, I like, like that a lot. You know, we can talk about the fake punt, and I'm sure Ryan Day didn't appreciate it, the score being what it was. He saw some room. He took it. Fine. But I, I don't know if that just makes me knuckle-dragger football fan, but I like seeing my head coach get angry and scream at someone. You know, I don't like seeing my head coach punch someone. We've oh, seen that before. Good to draw the line there. Well, but we have we've seen that before, mm-hmm. right? But in that moment, him screaming at Chiano and scre- Chiano screaming back at him. Then at the end of the game, whether it was fake or not, they were able to put on the show and say, "I got respect for this guy." Heat of the moment football game. That's what I love to see. Oh, I think that that's a that's a reasonable expectation to have, though, isn't it? That in a game when it is a heated contest, and let's be clear. Jesse Mirko goes and runs that football because he sees an opening. Ryan Day looks at that and probably says, hmm, now what I would have, I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad you saw it and took it because they probably do talk they about do that. Teach that but right. Not but, in that moment. But maybe, but you know what though? Who cares, man? That's on Rutgers not to line up half their team on the wrong side of the I, field. I, isn't I, it? I agree with And you. that's on Rutgers to not be in a blowout if they don't want to have a play like that happen in a blowout. You know what I mean? That some of that is on Rutgers, but when a player then, delivers a cheap shot out of bounds. And that, again, to me, is a different thing. You run a fake punt, if it was cold, that doesn't give anybody an excuse to go out headhunting someone and try to put the hurt on them. That's stupid. That's not logical. That is illogical. That is in the heat of competition. And then when that happens, everyone around on that sideline where, again, idiot Rutgers player decides to take a headshot, go, good luck doing that in front of 100 Ohio State players. So then... Of course, Greg Schiano sees that's going to be a problem. Runs across the field. All those decisions made by the coaches made sense. Schiano's trying to protect his player. Ryan Day's trying to keep his guys off of that player. And also is barking at Schiano a little bit about the hit. And Schiano's barking at him about the play. 
And they afterwards said, yeah, we, we figured it out. It was the heat of competition. Good. But I, I'm with you. In the moment, it all made sense from that standpoint, those two coaches defending their guys. Uh, what else happened around college football? Well, Wisconsin fired their head coach. We'll chat about it next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. You'll find an earlier accident has cleared from the roadway of I-70 downtown split westbound at 4th Street. All lanes have reopened, but traffic is still slow as it recovers. Plan on some residual delays. This traffic report is sponsored by InvisibleFence.com. Invisible Fence brand's mission is to keep pets happy and safe for their forever families. Their exclusive technologies make their containment systems the most advanced on the market, giving your pet freedom to enjoy their yard and new confidence in their safety. Visit InvisibleFence.com to schedule your free consultation. Eliana Ray with Fan Traffic. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Happy to be wrong, which is good because they're always wrong. This is Man and Bone. Common Man and T-Bone brought to you by Hinder Motorsports here on The Fan. Wisconsin Hmm. fires Paul Christ. Surprised the hell out of me. I didn't see it coming. You know, we talk about the hot seat and who's on the hot seat, and his name really hasn't come up, but they have not done what they were expected to do. They lost by 24 to Illinois this past weekend. And that's, you know, bad enough. But knowing that Brett Bielema is Illinois' head coach now, going back to Madison, that's not something they wanted to see. Well, no, certainly not. I I think there's a couple things here at play. One is in the micro sense, just looking at this season. Now, perhaps this isn't fair to do to a guy of Paul Chris's resume, but... You played five games, three of which involved teams from the Power Five. They played Illinois State, Washington State, New Mexico State, Ohio State, and then they couldn't play Illinois State again, so they actually had to play Illinois, just without the state. And of the the three losses they have, they're all to the teams from the Power Five. The only teams you beat are teams that are vastly below your level. So that's, in the micro sense, that's a bad trend that, if it continued, would have been you know, hard to justify. But on the bigger sense, I just I think Wisconsin might be looking around college football and realizing there's already been some firings. There's going to be more. You you cannot wait until November, December to start your air quotes coaching search. No, that all has to be happening now. And I think you're going to see this more and more with college football teams because because there's always a handful of schools that should have fired their coach the year before and didn't. And then that coach gets off to a rocky start, and bye bye they send him out the door. That's, though, going to lead other teams that aren't thinking of getting rid of their head coach, like Wisconsin probably wasn't to start this season, right? But they see real quick, they don't like how this is going. Their season is over and as I, far I, as competing. Way, I don't blame them for this. I read a couple articles over the weekend saying, wow, it's tough and brutal business, this world of being a college football coach. He won 10 games in four of his first five years at Wisconsin, and now we're doing this to him. Doing what to him? Paying him $16 million to go away? Sign me up for that. Oh, you know, yeah, please the, do me these that These coaches way. are being paid more than ever. 
Like you pointed out before, in in many cases, they're the highest paid employee in in the state, even higher paid than the professional football coach in the state. Trust me, Paul Christ was making more in his still making more than Matt LaFleur is as I mean, head coach yes. of the Packers. Number one, there's nothing preventing Paul Christ from ever coaching again if he really wants to keep coaching football. But let's just pretend for his buyout, part of the condition was, oh, and you can never coach football again. How many people listening to me right now would give up your dream job, your dream hobby, your favorite thing to do in the world? If they said, if you give it up, you get $16 million. Right. Don't don't cry for these coaches. <laughs> I mean, he will be able to coach again, but even if he never coaches it down to football again, he got $16 million to go away. Every time these coaches talk about how their job is harder because of the portal and they always have to keep recruiting guys, even when they've committed, that's why I roll my eyes and say, shut up. You've never been paid more. This is part of the job. This is the cost of doing business. Well, and why does the portal exist? portal exists because all those players are looking at how can they get their millions often i'm not saying every person that enters the portal is thinking i got to do this to get to the nfl but you know that that happens at least some of the time where players look at their lot in life at the school they are you know they signed up to play in sure and then they realize i'm not getting the playing time i thought i was i'm not getting developed the way i thought i was i got to get out of here so i can go somewhere else to get the proper exposure more playing time better coaching whatever so I can go make it to the NFL. I, they're hanging on to that dream. Well, you The reason that all exists is because there are a lot of coaches in college football who have got guys to the NFL. Paul Christ has sent guys to the NFL. So you can't have it both ways, right, where you say, it's unfair to these poor coaches. What are they supposed to do with this transfer portal while those coaches are making millions and millions of dollars because they send guys to the NFL? That's why the portal's there. And that's and they give and it gives and takes from you. So yeah, I I don't feel bad about how tough that makes their job. I heard somebody say this morning, who does Wisconsin think they are? Well, let's talk about that for a second because I'll tell you who they don't want to be. They look at Nebraska and they look at Iowa and say we don't want to be that. No, we've seen the slippery slope that can happen when you just start to make excuses for things. Iowa doesn't know what the hell to do right now. They have a head coach that is grandfathered in that has his son running the offense. They know they're not going to compete for anything. They also know he's too powerful for them to fire. They don't want to be that. They don't want to be Nebraska, a laughing stock, a once powerful team that's a laughing stock. They think, and I think they're right, they should be playing in the Big Ten championship game every single year. Just like here at Ohio State, what's the goal for us? Beat Michigan, play for a national championship. Does it always happen? No. But that's the goal every single year. The goal for Wisconsin is playing in the Big Ten Championship every single year. You shouldn't be losing to Washington State. You shouldn't be losing to Ohio State by 30 points. You shouldn't be losing by 24 to Illinois at home. These things should never happen. And they're happening. And it's not just this year. They It started back in the pandemic year. It was a shortened season. Nobody really remembers it, but they underachieved then. Last year, they were 9-4, and four, but nobody really took them seriously. They see the trend continuing with mistakes, bad offense again this year, and they don't want to handle it. They don't want to fall down that rabbit hole, so they nipped it in the bud now. Now, we can talk about the wasted money, right? Well, is that's, that a, a, that's a different is story, Is it a right? smart thing just to throw $16 million down the drain? I don't know. That's a bigger problem for college football. The reality is, from a performance standpoint, I understand why they made this move. Well, the other part of that is, uh, why did they have to give $16 million to Paul Christ? Could it be because less than a calendar year ago, they gave Paul Christ an extension? The answer is yes. 
I think it was within the last 250 days. It was in January. Yeah, right. Last January, they approved the contract. January 2022. Who can remember that far back? They gave him a new contract and now are ripping it up and firing him. So I think there are some costs that go with trying to be a football school, to put air quotes on that, football school, because really the only schools football school works for, Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, that works because those schools have found a way to consistently, they've nailed their coaching hires when they've had to make them. They have built a system that allows them to continue recruiting, and they've been able to translate that to on-the-field success and also sending guys to the NFL, which helps with recruiting. Everybody else that's doing it, look at Auburn, right? Auburn's constantly chasing its tail, hiring guys for way more than they probably should make, but they want to make the big splash, and then they fire them after a couple years when those guys don't instantly turn them into Alabama Part 2, so then they got to fire them to keep up with Bama. Wisconsin is at risk of doing that too, right? But like you said, the other side of that is you don't do it, and you start going down the pathway of Nebraska, where they've been for all these years, where they just tolerated mediocrity. But of course, Nebraska gave up 9-3, and three to aim for 12 and 0. And what they got was 3 and 9. That's only works in college football math by the way. That's not math that usually happens anywhere else. Wisconsin does run that risk, right? You get rid of a guy who wins you 9 or 10 games every year, you better hope you find another one who at least can do that. Yes. It may turn out not to work, but I I don't have a problem with the move because you know, I told you, they're looking at Iowa, they're looking at Nebraska saying we don't want to be that. And they're probably looking at Penn State too. Penn State decided to give James Franklin a new contract and commit to him. Why? Because they honestly thought he was the best guy for the job, or they were afraid of the unknown. They were afraid of what was beyond James Franklin. We've heard that before. For a long time, we heard that with Bengal fans and Marvin Lewis. Well, who else are we going to get? And that fear of the unknown keeps you in quicksand. And Wisconsin is saying, we may sink, but we know we're going to sink with this guy. Right. So we need to do something else. Yeah, and if you think Jim Leonard's the answer, I mean, they brought him in to kind of give him, not brought him in, they allowed him now, he's going to have the audition, but that guy was on the staff. You don't want to risk with all these moves that he goes somewhere else. So if you're not confident in Paul Christ, you might as well make sure that Jim Leonard has a chance to see what he can do, and then maybe you end up making him the new coach. Maybe you don't, but either way, it's it's something that it looked like had to happen quickly, and it did. Who's going to win the Big Ten West? Who the hell knows? We'll discuss it next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for an accident blocking the two left lanes of I-70 eastbound before US-33. Traffic is stop and go from Livingston Avenue in this area. Plan about a 5 to 10 minute slowdown as things continue to clear. Keep an eye out for the emergency crews on scene. This traffic report is sponsored by UPSjobs.com. Ready to work for the best? Join UPS for Job Fest on October 7th or 8th to learn about becoming a UPS for the holiday season. Learn more at UPSjobs.com slash Job Fest. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Their collective IQ is lower than they think it are. 
back to Man and Bone. Happy Monday. It's Reaction Monday. The segment that's not a segment, yikes, is coming up at 434. Jason's beef at 534. We will do NFL, top of the hour, 4 o'clock. Brownies, another disappointing loss yesterday. Mm. We'll talk about that. But don't worry, everything's an easy fix. That's what I've been told. <laughs> everything's an everything's easy fix. Everything's an easy fix. Just have to fix it. Uh, elsewhere around college football on Saturday, you know, we thought maybe we had the Big Ten West figured out. Mm. Minnesota's in the driver's seat. And they popped into the AP poll. They're back at home. Sellout crowd. Purdue's in town. You thought this would be an opportunity for them to flex their muscle. Instead, not. No. They lose. That is, uh, it was one of the more shocking losses of the weekend. But that is that is a division right now. Everyone in the Big Ten West is one and one. With except one exception. For Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. And I still can't get over. I mean, we didn't talk about it a lot, but the guy who beats Wisconsin is Brett Bielema. With an what should be an inferior Illinois team, right? That's just should well, yes. Should I mean, be. I'm saying it should be an inferior team as far as on paper. If you listen to Brett Bielema when he took that job, it was an inferior team. He talked about how much he hated everybody that he had on the team at that point. But yeah, this is this is a division that seems to be as wide open as it gets. And I I wouldn't put it past just about anybody to win it. But if you if you look up right now and say who is actually in the lead technically by one of their tiebreakers. Northwestern is. <laughs> yeah. You know, the team that's one in four. That's good good for them. Nebraska could win the Big Ten yes, West. Yes, they could win the Big Ten West after already fired their coach. This is why you fire early. Now you got a chance to go on and win your conference or at least your division. Yeah, that's that's just a garbage it's a dumpster fire of a of a uh of a conference or at least of a division. But still, I, I tend to think Minnesota is the best team in that division and that will play out to be the case, but not a good start. You could have easily had the stranglehold, just beat Purdue, and then kind of roll from there, but that's not Minnesota right now. Georgia beats Missouri. Doesn't necessarily look good doing it. They fell down to number two in the AP. You know, it was a sloppy road win for them. You know, we have the same issues sometimes watching Ohio State. We expect them to be crispy crisp all the time. I don't look at that situation and say, oh, Missouri's much better than we thought. I look at that and say, Georgia had a rough day. I look at it and say Georgia, like like a lot of teams, like we've been talking about. If I'm going to say this about Ohio State, that yeah, sometimes I think they've just flipped off a little bit. Like their brains have just flipped off and they're like, yeah, we're playing an inferior opponent. We don't have to really take this as seriously as we should. That's not great. That's something that every coach is pulling their hair out trying to figure out how to fix. It's also something that's natural to happen when you are you know, as good as Georgia has been and you're going on the road to play someone who's not that good. But in this game... They had to go down and get two touchdowns at the end of this game to win. Yeah. It was not like, oh, well, it was close. Like, who, who um, didn't they just play, am I wrong? Georgia also played Kent State to like a, it was like 39 to 22 or something like that. Yeah, they, and they that was, certainly didn't cover whatever spread right, they had for that, that game. That was unnecessarily close, but it wasn't like this. This is a level of, wow, if they don't go down and have a great fourth quarter or really a couple great drives in the fourth quarter, they don't end up winning this football game. That would have been a much bigger shocking deal. I don't think that's necessarily indicative of huge problems at Georgia. I just think 
Georgia had a very off, a couple of off weeks in a row here. We'll see how their focus is as their schedule toughens up. I think they play Texas A&M this week. Is that right? Or is that no? Alabama plays Texas A&M. Yes, that's right. They do. I yes, believe Alabama that's right. plays A&M. Alabama beat Arkansas on Saturday. Bryce Young hurts his shoulder. I did hear Nick Saban say today that it's day to day with him. So they're not, yeah, not concerned as bad. about it. Initially, you know, he comes off the field. If you didn't see this video, he slams his helmet down and goes immediately to the tent. His parents were called down out of the stands. Bryce Young's parents were to come. They were also down at the tent. And then at second half, he's out there standing with all of his equipment on, but not playing in the game. So that led you to believe it wasn't so dire that they immediately said, uh-oh, he's going to need surgery. He's going to need a bunch of other things to fix this. We better get him out of uniform and get him over to a hospital and get all this checked out. They didn't do that. Instead, they said, all right, it's bad, but we're just not going to put you in the game and we're going to evaluate day to day. So for his sake, he's hoping it's that's actually the case. I'm curious, though, because obviously he's got NFL aspirations. He wants to win the second Heisman Trophy, all that and the above. He wants to get out there and play, but you've also got to think about the future. Clemson beats NC State. Uh, Ole Miss hands Kentucky their first loss of the season, so they stay undefeated. Oklahoma State beats Baylor. Oklahoma gets drilled by TCU. That was, yes. And TCU has, uh, you know, they're now off to a 4-0 start. Yeah, they're, and they're looking pretty good. So Oklahoma, they're done in the Big 12. That's two losses for them. Oh, they're yeah, they're out of the AP. That. They're done. Yeah, they're all done now. So, yeah, that's it's interesting to watch some of these teams get eliminated from, you know, championship or even their conference races that early. But that has happened to Oklahoma. They are done. Brownies, NFL things coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. You'll find that I-70 eastbound before US-33. That is closed due to an accident. Traffic is stopped from Livingston Avenue in this area. Emergency crews are on scene. Please be very careful over here. Plan on heavy backups. Might want to avoid this in the meantime. Traffic report is sponsored by RumpkeCareers.com. Rumpke is hiring CDL drivers and $1,400 to $1,700 per week with a $5,000 sign-on bonus. Paid CDL training available. Apply at RumpkeCareers.com or stop by the career fair at Rumpke Fields Avenue every Wednesday from 11 to 3. Equal opportunity employer restrictions apply. I'm Leanna Ray with fan traffic. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Your undisputed leader in talking about nothing. This is Man and Bone. Reaction Monday. We have reached the NFL portion of our show. Before we get to that, Mm. Teddy, it's a big night for you. And I hope you appreciate it. I hope you watch it. You know what I'm going to say to you. What's the 100? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Reds and Cubs tonight. Embrace it. Embrace the failure. Reds have 99 losses on the season. You want that cool 100. The worst thing that could happen to you mm-hmm. is that they win the final three games of the season. They got three three shots at it. I think it's safe that they're going to get at least 100 <laughs> losses. Take it. Yeah. Embrace the embarrassment. Okay. Hmm. And uh-huh. I hope that Orange Tan... Bob Castellini, Phil Castellini. Him too. Bob the Noah Planet he's on. <laughs> yeah. I hope Phil, oh, I would like to think that he's embarrassed, but what the hell do I know? No, I don't think so. I think guys like him just look at it and say, oh, 
Well, what are you going to do? Some years are like that. Anyway, back to laying on a pile of money. Economics of baseball means I can't put a competitive team on the field every single year, so what are you going to do? Right. He's going to cry porty as he's off in Cabo, staying in a villa that only, you know, few people on the face of planet Earth can afford to stay in every night. You know, I mean, that's that's just how this goes, right? The billionaire sports owners are detached from these teams. They are detached from what the fans feel. They want to be at front of the victory parade, though, when that time comes. They want to be the one standing on the stage to get the trophy when that time comes. But when the fans suffer through a hundred loss season or close to it, Hey, where are you going to go? What are you going to do? That guy can fly off to wherever he wants to to drown his sorrows in anything other than his baseball team. But the people who actually look to the baseball team or the football team or whatever team to help them feel better about whatever's not going on in their lives, eh, you're out of luck. Better luck next year. Try again. Please buy more of our overpriced crap. That's mm-hmm. that's the that's the message you get from all these pro sports teams. That's too bad. It sucks. But it's the reality. You're right. I don't think Castellini goes home and it's just like, ah, oh, man, I don't know what to do about this and stays up till three o'clock in the morning. If he is, it's not because he's worried. So tonight on the fan, we have the Buckeye show at six. Then at six 45, it is jackets, preseason action, jackets and hurricanes. If you want to listen to Monday night football, Rams and 49ers, that is going to be on 1460 ESPN starting at seven 30 brownies lose to the Falcons yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, the Marcus Mariota led Atlanta Falcons, who... Can you lead a team, just out of curiosity, if you're a quarterback who completes only seven passes in the game? Is that leading? Uh, I will say yes, because uh, Justin Fields is my quarterback. Well, that doesn't mean he's the leader of the (laughs) offense. It means Sadly, he is. (laughs) Well, okay, but in Marcus Mariota's case, that offense, while he does some things for them, that is not why they are successful, is solely because of him. No, they were successful successful in spite of him. Because they were handing the ball off to 32-year-old wide receivers turned running back. They were just gashing that Browns defense. That's okay, though, because it's easy to fix all these busted coverages and gaps in the defense. Just communication, Bone. That's all it is. It's always that, right? It's always that, well, this is an easy fix. We just have to do the things that everyone should have already known how to do, you know, like in preseason or going back to OTAs or, you know, even going back to last season. We should all know how to fix this. So we we will because it's very simple fix. And yet it never does get fixed. But if I may for a second, I I don't want to put this all on the Browns defense. In fact, I don't think we necessarily have to put a lot of it on the Browns defense, right? You gave up 23 points to a like what is statistically a top 10 offense in the NFL well, right now. Yeah, but well, on. no, I'm saying they, that's an offense by the way that was able to, yes. And it was, it was gross and it sucked. That's an offense that was able to run the ball. I want to say on what seven straight plays and go right down the field and score a touchdown on you. That's that shouldn't happen. I agree. Defense should not be doing that. However, if there was a team coming into this game that I would say, well, they could run seven straight plays and just go down the field and score. I would say it'd be the Browns, wouldn't you? Yeah. I would think the Browns should be able to do that with what I still consider to be the best running back tandem. I know I'm biased. Best running back tandem in the NFL with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And they, Nick Chubb had 19 carries, 118 yards. By the way, didn't break the mythical 20 carry mark, which how many times in a Kevin Stefanski tenure do I have to watch Nick Chubb not get the ball at least 20 times? I don't know. But that's, Jacoby Brissett was Jacoby Brissett. Did, did he do everything flawlessly? No. What do you expect him to be? That's what I mean. That's the ceiling of Jacoby Brissett. He had a nice little touchdown run you out of nowhere. I didn't think that was happening. with him playing like that. 
Yeah. He wasn't the problem. No, the, the issue, though, is with me with, that I have here is that offense is had enough going yesterday to score more than 20 points. Do you see what I'm saying? Well, we know that. They had enough going to be able to put more than that on the board. And why don't they? Because when they have early in the game on the road, uh, fourth and three from the four-yard line where you can kick a chip, chip, chip shot field goal and put three points on the board. Instead, Kevin Stefanski says, no, let's go and try to get seven. And then you fail. And so now you've left three on the board. I'm in a group chat with a bunch of buddies, one of whom is named John. John. And John is the guy, John, in the group who is constantly kick the field goal guy. Always kick the field goal guy. When you've got a fourth and two from inside the five, when you most of those short yardage, anything inside the 30, he's like, why don't we just take the points? Take the points. They're right there. you got to know who you are, too. Look, the Buffalo Bills, when they go for it, Josh Allen can beat you in a variety of ways. Yeah. Josh right. Allen's going to get you three yards pretty much every single time. But you're right. This offense, the way it's designed, the way it should be designed, is they beat the hell out of you. Yes. For the entire game. And they wear you down and they break your will. You've got Nick Chubb, who should get the ball minimum 25 times every single game. Minimum. Unless you're trailing by three touchdowns and you have to throw, Nick Chubb should be beating your ass 25 times every single game. Kareem Hunt, whether you like him or not, is a physical runner who will punish you. By the time the fourth quarter comes around, the opposing team should be so exhausted from trying to tackle your guys and stay with you, you shouldn't have these issues in the fourth quarter. But they don't coach like that. They don't play like that. Right. I think... Again, I know I'm equating professional athletes to backyard or schoolyard sports, but no matter what sport you played growing up, if you didn't play football, don't we all, haven't we all experienced, if you've ever played any level of sport, there's someone on an opposing team you play one time where you go, oh, God, this guy. Not because they're the best player, but because they run the most. And you have to chase them down if you're playing like basketball or hockey or something like that. They're just always moving and you're like, gosh, I got to stick with that guy all day or, or whatever it is, right? If it's, if it's, you're playing, you know, baseball, it's just the guy who swings at everything and constantly makes you have to chase after whatever he's hitting. Even if they're not good licks, he still gets the bat on the ball. At some point, it gets annoying. That's what the Browns have. They have two guys that if you give them the rock 40 times combined between the two of them in a game by the fourth quarter, Every guy on that defense is going to go, oh, God, not again. It's third and three, and I know exactly where the ball's going. And I don't, and they're, and then they overcompensate to try to get to that point to stop the run. And then you do something a little out of the playbook where you throw just something over the middle that gets you 15 yards you weren't expecting. Then occasionally you sprinkle it. But no, in the first quarter, that's what they're doing. Stefanski is. Very predictable in that he's going to do the things that he should be doing in the third and fourth quarter in the first with an quarter. offense that can run the football. He's doing them in the first quarter, yeah. and these teams, are, they're smart to it. They know what he's going to do. They know when it's a fourth and three at the four-yard line, he's not going to run the football. He's going to try to get cute, and they were ready for it. I agree with you that this offense needs to score more points. They need to wear you down, but specifically with the defense. You know, week one against the Panthers, who we we know... The Panthers are trash. Yes. More right. on that coming you, up. You are correct. Fourth quarter, second half, defense, bending. Yep. And, Jet, and we, breaking. Bending and breaking. But, but you, but but you still ultimately won the game. win the game. Yes, but you gave up touchdowns to a garbage offense. Jets, we know what happened. 
Yeah. Total miscommunication, busted coverage. We saw it. Steelers don't count. They don't even qualify as a football team at this point. (laughs) And then there's the Falcons yesterday. So three out of the four games you've played, your defense has had monumental collapses late in the game. You have played the easiest schedule so far in the National Football League. Jacoby Brissett is not your problem. Yes, not only did you play the Jets, you played the Jets with Joe Flacco, right? Not only did you play the Steelers, I don't know what Kenny Pickett's going to do, but you didn't play him when he's playing, right? You you got to play some of these bad teams with their bad options at quarterback, too. Like, you got to play awful versions of those teams. And now I know the argument can be made, well, the Browns are playing with their backup quarterback, too. Yes, and doesn't every Browns fan listening to the sound of my voice right now say, if our head coach was just a little bit smarter, or God, if our defense was a smidge better than it was you're like the last three years, you're four and zero with your backup, right? And that's where they should be. Instead, they're looking at the Falcons with the same record that they just lost to, with a team that, like I said, their quarterback completed seven passes and they beat you. That's that's unacceptable, man. But you and know that's, what else that, I've heard to too? me? It goes to the coaching ultimately. Defensive, yes. But Stefanski's in charge of the whole thing, including play calling, when we get into short yarded situations. Nobody in this division has separated themselves. The Bengals are two and two. The Browns are two and two. The Ravens are two and two. The Steelers are one and three. And so people will say, yeah, it was a bad loss, but you know, I didn't really lose any ground because the rest of the division sucks. Yes, you, you did. could have a two game lead right now. You could is, be four and oh, everybody's looking up at you. Is being tied not losing ground to winning? Like, you're tied with anybody right now in the division that you think's any good. You could be two games ahead, to your point. So you lost ground to theoretical you. <laughs> That's what you lost ground to. Not I used to play like Gran Turismo. They had a ghost mode where it's like, here's your best lap you ever drove on this track. And you would see a little ghost version of your car kicking your ass as you were not keeping up with them. That's the Browns. Ghost Browns are 4-0 right now, and they're leading the division. The real Browns can't keep up with ghost Browns. Good job. So I got the Chargers coming in this week. Loss. <laughs> well, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if we're doing that yet. I, just I don't loss. know, but far and away, the best offense that you've seen so far. Absolutely. Far yeah. and away. Yeah. This is the well, best team. Best team you've played so far. So good luck with all that. Stupid team. All right. Elsewhere around the league. Stupid team, Mike. We had more craziness. We'll talk about that. Plus, how long will Miles Garrett be out? We will tell you next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Still watching a serious accident on I-70 eastbound before US-33. Traffic is stop and go for Miller Avenue in this area. Please be very careful. The injury crash has been moved to the right side, but caution is advised as traffic continues to build. This traffic report is sponsored by Fresh Time Market. Stock up and save for 20% off everything frozen at Fresh Time Market now through October 4th. Make any meal real easy and really flavorful with everything from breakfast burritos to veggie burgers to meat, seafood, and decadent desserts. And so much more. Fresh Time Market. Get real. I'm Leanna Ray with fan traffic. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Come for the obesity, stay for the anger. 
This is Common Man and T-Bone. It's Reaction Monday. Lots of football. Browns lose to the Falcons yesterday. Miles Garrett did not play. Had the uh, car crash earlier in the week. Hurt his shoulder, his AC joint. The doctors like to call it the AC Slater joint. Is that what they call it? Yes. Nice. Good job. Uh, Schefter said two to four weeks on this thing. Now, they are not ruling out that he could play. He just won't be 100%. He'll still be feeling it and probably have to take a little pain medication. So they're not ruling him out for two to four weeks. He could play against the Chargers this week. It's possible. Am I wrong that Baker had something? Wasn't that what he sprained? His AC joint or something with that shoulder, I, I want to say? I know what he's got now, though. What's he got now? Bad. <laughs> I was just wondering what version Woo! of awful we would be we getting. Will, just we will talk bad. about Baker later on because I want to devote some time That's fine. to Baker. That's totally fine. Um no, as far as Miles Garrett goes, it should be noted with this defense, and I guess that's where I'm saying that I still would like to have seen this offense do slightly better in situations in this game, given that the Falcons offense came in putting up some numbers. The Browns seem to, at times, limit this offense. Not not all the time, but they limited them, I thought, decently at home. Given all the absences they had, well, they have three out of their four guys on the defensive line that usually start or out. So adjusting for expectations, right? If I'm going to say Jacoby Brissett, 234 yards, zero touchdowns, a pick, pick, 53.9% quarterback rating. He's a backup. What do you expect? That's right. That's about, I'd like to see a few more touchdowns on the board from him. And I, and I do think he's capable of that, but this offense should be able to run a little bit better with what they have, and they didn't. In key moments, they could have. They put themselves in position to get points. He had a bad interception, by the way. We know that. Late in that game. That's not good. But overall, I if I'm going to say I don't expect Jacoby Brissett to go out and win this game for them. They didn't then, lose that game because of him. No. I'm saying if I'm going to look at the defensive line, though, and say, well, why weren't they better? Well, I thought given the circumstances of how well the Falcons run the football typically... They did. They held their own at moments of that game without any of their good players out there. You know, missing your starting middle linebacker, missing all the guys they are. Their defense played well enough to give the Browns' offense a chance. Kevin Stefanski couldn't handle that chance, unfortunately. I I will say this: I was wrong about something. I know that's a shocker because I'm wrong about so little. All right, but when it became clear that Jacoby Brissett was going to be the starting quarterback of this team for the foreseeable future. We had a couple people tweet us and say, Jacoby Brissett is better than Baker Mayfield. And I said, no, he's not. You're stupid. Yes, he is. He is now. Yes, he yeah. is. And it's not because he's better than I thought. Jacoby Brissett is what I thought he is. To yeah. steal from Denny Green. Dead. He is what we thought he dead? was. Yeah. Uh, I wait think a he's second. dead. Hold on. I'm pretty sure that's right. Either that or he's still having sex with his secretary on top of the desk. Either way. I think he's dead. I hope you're wrong about both those that, things. No, that was that was real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he died in 2016. Okay. He's, while, he's in the afterlife having, having sex with the secretary. Was he having sex with his secretary when he died? Not? Or was that a different thing? I think he got the secretary pregnant, too. Oh, I think boy. it was a big scandal. Oh, Any, anywho. All right. It's because Baker is so bad. And I'm jumping the gun because we have a whole segment devoted to Baker That's coming fine. up later That's on this fine. hour. He is so bad. That you just can't stop talking I, about I it. I can't. You can't help yourself. I'm obsessed with it. 
I'm obsessed with his badness. You know what else about Baker, too? He's bad, and every week he gets significantly uglier. <laughs> he was just ranked a couple weeks ago no. as like the most attractive quarterback in the NFL. No, he was not. He was. He was what not was it, Teddy? most attractive. They had some sort of facial metric I think, system. I, I remember this, but I thought he was down. Like he was top ten. I don't think he was. I don't think he was first. As his, you could tell how bad he is by the gap in his teeth. It's getting wider. <laughs> Starting oh, to look geez. like Quinn Buckner. <laughs> wow. All I know is that same thing said that Jacoby Brissett was not handsome, and I am I beg to differ. Jacoby Brissett is a Greek god. Anyway, Baker looked like he should be in a leper colony right now. He well, looks terrible. He's playing terrible. He's not playing well. Um, Can't stand him. Yeah, I get it. I hey, welcome right. to my experience Elsewhere. the last few years. I watched it. Uh Bills come back to beat the Ravens. Uh Titans beat the Colts. Back in the driver's seat in that division, that is a trash division. Well, I yeah. I mean, this this is a division that's probably going to get one with like an eight to nine game winner. You do not have to go out and win double digit games to take this division, I don't think. Giants beat the Bears without having a functional quarterback in the fourth quarter. This is this is such a bizarre development for this team oh, that they are God. three and one despite it really is so frustrating to watch my football team. It is so frustrating. I'm sorry, buddy. Where they're, you know they're brutal. Fourth quarter, Daniel Jones is you know got his ankle taped up. Tyrod Taylor's concussed. They don't have another quarterback active. They're just running Saquon Barkley, taking direct snaps and getting positive yards out of it. They are moving the football. The Bears can do nothing with it. And let me tell you, man, fair or unfair, I I don't know if it's his fault or if. He's just gotten bad coaching and leadership so far in this league. Verdict's out on Justin Fields. Yeah, that's not... And that, that verdict is bad. It sucks, he's man. He's bad. Well, yeah, he's he's not going to stay the starter there, obviously. They're going to go... If they're bad enough, they're going to go draft their quarterback next year, right? I would... Yeah, no, he's out of chances. I would guess, and I'm not saying that they will have it, but if the Bears did somehow end up with the first overall pick after it's all said and done... And CJ like wins the Heisman. Be shy. I don't think they're going to. I don't think them. they can take an Ohio State <laughs> quarterback. Right? They're going to trade out of that. They pick. can't take an Ohio no. State quarterback after no. Justin Fields. No, it, again, it sucks because it's not necessary. I don't know what it is. I do know you're right that he had dumb coaching last year and a dumb game plan for him most of his career there. But at some point, you got to show something better than what he is right now. Can we also point out that uh, at least in that game? The Bears may not be uh, winning any more games this year, for all I know. One reason I would throw that out there is because uh, the Giants won this game with their starting quarterback, Daniel Jones, completing eight total passes. Now, I know he had the injury and all that stuff, but that's two games that we just talked about where the starting quarterback on the winning team completed fewer than 10 passes. Yeah. And yet they still won the game somehow. That is... The other team, in that case, the Bears against the Giants and my Browns against the Falcons, that is a failure of your team if you can't beat an offense that only manages their starting quarterback throwing eight completions and barely 100 yards. And actually, in the Giants case, it was less than 100 yards. That's There's no excuse for losing that game. None whatsoever. And the Giants may be the softest 3-1 team I have ever seen in this league, well, but they are sitting there at 3-1 three three and one. somehow, some way. There is a little uh, sidebar to that. Where are they playing next week? London. Yeah. 
Um, if you need to sign a backup quarterback, you better hope he has a passport. Because all the guys on the team, they would have had their passport sorted out months ago, right? Because they would say, hey, we're playing in London. Let's make sure everyone gets a passport. You signed some guy off the scrap heap this week to be like emergency quarterback guy. If that dude better have his passport ready to go, that's going to limit even further who you can go out and get should they decide to go do that. Otherwise, Saquon Barkley is going to be playing a lot more quarterback. That game in London is significant. I know. Next weekend, because it's the first time since they've been playing regular season games in London. It is the first time you've got two teams above 500 playing each other. Giants, Packers. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I did not think we would get there with the Giants. Packers does not surprise me, but the Giants being a part of that? No one had that happening before the season, I don't think. Jets come back to beat the Steelers. Kenny Pickett was thrown into that game, although Mike Tomlin is not ready to commit to him. Why? I don't. Why? We needed a spark. Yes, your whole offense needs a spark. He is your quarterback of the future. The time is now. uh, I've got some positive news for Steelers fans out of that game, though. If you want it. You mentioned Kenny Pickett. Did you know? 13 pass attempts against the Jets on Sunday is all he had. Zero of them hit the ground. Ten of them were completed. Three of them were picked. <laughs> but but <laughs> none of them were incomplete. They, I mean, they were incomplete in the sense that they went to someone right. else, but none of them hit the ground. According to ESPN Stats He and throws Info, very catchable ball, is what you're saying. Even if he's thrown it to the other team. That's the most pass attempts in a game in NFL history without any of them hitting the ground. They all ended up caught by someone, which is a fairly rare feat. All right. So there you go. Look at that. Look at you coming with the stats. Well, ESPN had the stat. I just that's all right. saved it for this moment to then tell it to you. The segment that's not a segment, yikes, is coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for an accident on I-70 eastbound before US-33. It is in the clearing stages. This injury crashed, but traffic is still slow from the 71 east split. Plan on some heavy backups as things continue to clear. This traffic report is sponsored by Lowe's. At Lowe's, every pro's an MVP to us. MVP pros rewards members visit Lowe's now and earn bonus points on products and brands like DeWalt. Then redeem for Lowe's e-gift cards and more. Bonus points calculated before taxes and fees after applicable discounts, if any. Subject to program terms, visit Lowe's.com slash MVP's bonus points for details now through 1028. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash aware. Highly medicated, barely educated. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Happy Monday. Hey, check out the podcast wherever you get your audio. Google, Spotify, Apple, we are there. Just search Common Man and T-Bone. Every single show comes right to your device free of charge, including the weekend show including special flashback episodes that Teddy puts together. What was the flashback this week, Teddy? Do you want me to tell you what it was? What do you mean? You want me to... <laughs> that's, yeah, that's I want Ted you to try to figure out what it is. And Are you going on your phone a little bit to, just to try read to see the again. description? Absolutely. You, Here's you a put these flashback together. to January of 2018 with Man and Bone chatting about the zoo, flowers, 
bathroom smells, and depressing stores. Enjoy. All right. mm. So enjoy flowers? that. We did flowers in January? Well, it, it's I hate about, the smell of flowers. Yeah, because it reminds oh, me of the right. I forgot. Yeah. I forgot about that. I hate flowers. That's right. I We have flowers in the house right now. I hate them. Why do you... Did you... Is that your call? Yeah, I bought them for the girls. Oh. Little well, fall bouquet. Because they like flowers, so I bought them some flowers. But I hate the smell of them. I got to say, I have worked with you for a long time. I have never experienced that particular brand of self-loathing from you. Where you're like, yeah, flowers suck. We got some in the house. Can't stand it. I bought them. Because I love my well, family. I, just like I do how that love took them. a turn. I know. It just I, took I don't a, want them to sweet. have the same psychosis that I have. That's sweet of you to put their needs over yours. Yes, of course. That's very nice of you. That's what, don't, don't spoil be, my cover. Don't be. Don't be so self-loathing. You're all right. Yikes. In the NFL, chaos reigns. This weekend, every single game except for the Buccaneers and Chiefs were one-score games in the fourth quarter. That's 14 games. That ties an all-time record. It can be beaten tonight if the Rams and 49ers are within a score of each other in the fourth quarter. There have been 49 games so far this season within one score in the final quarter. That is the most ever through the first four weeks of the season. Even when you look at the standings, no one's really pulling away. There's only one unbeaten team, the Eagles. Only one team to not win a game, the Texans. And even they have a tie on the resume. Maybe it's parody. Maybe it's chaos. Either way, NFL does not care. Yikes. Uh, NASCAR driver Jordan Anderson was in the truck race on Saturday at Talladega Super Speedway, the fastest track on the NASCAR circuit. 31-year-old who owns his own truck and drives it occasionally was in a fiery accident where something blew up in his engine. Oil leaked everywhere. When that happens, there's a massive fire instantly. He's going 150-plus miles an hour. He's got to try to slow the truck down while it's on fire. As he's doing that, he's also dodging traffic. They're trying to dodge him. And he realizes he's caught on fire to the level that he's going to burn alive if he doesn't get out of this truck. So while it's moving at a rate faster than zero miles per hour, I'd like to point out, he unbuckles his truck, unbuckles from the truck, starts hopping out of the window while it's still moving, headed for the retaining wall on the inside of the track. It hits that wall and it hits at such an angle that it actually shoots him out of the truck and onto the top of the wall where he then climbed down and was attended to by a medical worker. Second degree burns for this guy. Lucky he didn't get crushed by the truck or by another truck. Yikes all the way around. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen in NASCAR. In last night's loss to the Chiefs, the Buccaneers attempted just six rushes. Yikes. That's the fifth time in NFL history a team attempted six or fewer rushes in a game. Tom Brady quarterback teams actually account for three of those games. The record for fewest rushing attempts in a game is five, which was set by Brady's Bucks in 2020 against the Saints. Yikes. Five years ago yesterday, Tom Petty died just a few weeks shy of his 67th birthday. Took too many prescription drugs at once, and that was that. But that hasn't stopped the merchandising machine from taking control. Three different box sets have been released in many different forms, some costing more than 500 bucks. And you can go to TomPetty.com and buy jigsaw puzzles, a tumbler, playing cards, scented candles, throw blankets, beach balls, and all the other items you'd expect from a department store. Oddly enough, you can also still buy a copy of his last DJ album on the website featuring many songs about selling out in the music business and how pathetic it is. One of the lines from the song Joe from that album reads, We could move catalog if he'd only die quicker. 
Mission accomplished. Yikes. My New York Mets now sit two games behind the Braves with three to play in the National League East. If you're saying, well, the Mets had a big lead in that division, I want to say you would be correct. The Mets had a 10.5 game lead on June 1st. And since that time, they're 63 and 44. Pretty damn good record. That's a 95 win pace over a 162 game season. However, the Braves in that same time, where they made up to 10.5 games plus, went 76 and 32, which is the same as going 114 wins over 162 games. This is not a positive yikes. This is me pointing out that my Mets can have one of the best seasons in club history with a 10 and a half game lead in June and likely still will not win their division because the Braves are the Braves. Yikes. Ohio state has scored 49 or more points in nine straight games against Rutgers. That's the longest streak by any team versus a single opponent in the AP poll era, which goes back to 1936. Yikes. Kim Kardashian agreed to pay $1.26 million worth of fines to the Securities and Exchange Commission, the other SEC, to settle civil charges after she touted a crypto asset, Ethereum Max, on Instagram. They said Kardashian failed to disclose she was paid $250,000 to publish her Instagram post. In addition to paying the fine, she agreed to cooperate with the SEC's ongoing investigation. They said the hashtag ad was not sufficient enough to tell people what her motivation was. Don't feel bad for her, though. Kardashian's net worth is estimated at $1.8 billion, according to Forbes. So a $1.26 million fine is the equivalent of a fine of less than $100 for a typical U.S. family. Yikes. When asked why they went after Kim Kardashian specifically, the SEC said it just means more. No? SEC speed! All right. Uh, Ross Dellinger, not my guy, he tweeted the following about the hit that Rutgers' Aaron Cruikshank put on OSU punter Jesse Mirko after Mirko called his own number up 49 to 10 in the fourth quarter. Quote, should this be legal if you run a fake punt up 49 to 10 with less than 10 minutes left? Talking about the headshot that Cruikshank put on Jesse Mirko. Uh, That was a punter who saw something and took it, which is fine. And then it was an angry Rutgers dude who didn't like it and did something about it, which is also fine. Old-time hockey is what Ross Dellinger tweeted out. I'd just like to point out, I mean, we we do know that you can not like something someone does without being violent towards them, right? I know football's a violent game, but doesn't mean that because you don't like the way the game's going, you get to just commit penalties, Ross Dellinger. Football man brain is sometimes dumb. Ross Dellinger had that on display last night. Yikes. There was a cheating scandal and it rocked a Lake Erie walleye tournament on Friday evening. At the weigh-in, the director of the tournament sliced open the gullet of one of the fish from the winning duo and the lead weights were exposed. Same thing happened on the next fish and also the next fish. The winning team had apparently dropped weights down the throats of their catch to enhance the weight and improve their standing in the tournament. Yikes! The cheaters were thrown out of the tournament and had to avoid an angry mob of fishermen. This duo has won several tournaments over the past year, and it's now believed they also cheated to win them. The apparent cheating in these tournaments constitutes fraud, and it's a felony, so they better get some good lawyers and avoid the angry mob. Yikes. I they saw also this. had vibrating fish finders in their <laughs> ace. Did you? If you haven't seen this video, I encourage you to go watch it, because... Mm, <laughs> yes. oh, oh, the crap he's biting. <laughs> 
all I know is now I'm not talking about the part where they ripped the fish open. That might be a little too much for you, but just skip ahead to the part where the people are standing around these two guys who were up there to get congratulated because I, I saw this video where they had these two guys with their fish and they said, all right, two fish left to go. They're going to have to get to 16 pounds, tall order, whatever. And then they weighed the fish in and it was like 33 pounds for these two fish. And they're like, wow, they, whoa, they, whoa. And you can tell everyone's just like, how did they get two fish? Apparently that's a lot. That's way more than it should have been. I don't know walleye weights. Well, they do though. The people yes, who are I'm there. Saying the fishermen all standing around are like, they're pretty ticked off. The best part is though, you see a bunch of guys all yelling at each other wearing the most ridiculous hoodies you've ever seen in your life. Because if you've never watched a fishing tournament, they put NASCAR driver's uniforms to shame with the amount of sponsors. They have them on the shoulders. They've got them on the hoods. They've got them on the like butt part that covers your cracky. Like The whole thing is covered in neon camo and then corporate logos, and they're all just screaming at each other, and it's quite hilarious to me. Baker is bad, but he's been given a stay of execution. Details next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for delays on I-70 eastbound before US-33. Still watching an accident clearing from the roadway. Plan on some backups that area. And a crash on 670 westbound at I-70. This is blocking the right side. Caution is advised. Traffic report is sponsored by Staples Stores. Recycle your old technology-free during Staples-free tech take-back. Items like old modems, mice, and mobile phones or cables, calculators, and camcorders. Staples Rewards members get $5 back in rewards. Exclusions apply. Limit one reward per month. Visit staples.com slash recycling. Recycle at Staples. Only an array with fan traffic. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Objects in radio may be dumber than they appear. This is Man and Bone. Gonna take some gasoline, burn her house down. Reaction Monday. Uh, Baker Mayfield is terrible. Just terrible. I, he is so bad that I can't believe he was ever good. You know, last year you look at him and say, well, how much of that was the injury? And maybe it was all the injuries in, in that too. Injury. And that has transformed and accelerated these bad habits. I don't know. But I'll tell you right now. He's awful. I watched a good portion of that game yesterday. And I've, I've become so obsessed with his badness that I went back and watched more Baker Mayfield footage this morning. Like coach film. Okay. I wanted to see what he's looking at Yeah, in the pocket. I've been there, by the way, just to be clear, as a Browns fan, this has happened to me multiple times where I'm like, but it it can't be that it's... Th- he can't be that bad, Well, that's right? the thing, is that sometimes you don't trust your eyes when you're watching this live. It's like, well, that ball isn't where it's supposed to be, but maybe the receiver's not where he's supposed to be. So let me watch this and see what I can see. And what I saw confirmed... He is just awful. Not only does he have no touch on that football whatsoever. Nope. I mean, he's he's hanging out 
people to dry because he's throwing it a million miles an hour in every single situation. You and I were talking about this for the show, and you brought up a good point. The reason why he's doing that is because he is so late in reading coverage that he feels the need to compensate, overcompensate for it by throwing the ball so hard. Well, and it, it's it becomes apparent when you watch it from the all twenty two footage. At least to me, it you see guys sit down in a zone, and then he realizes it a half second later than he should, and then it's like his brain instantly is like, "Oh yeah, I should have already had the ball out." And then he just rears back and throws as, as hard as he can. And that either still gets picked because now that you've got a receiver standing somewhere, all the defense is converging on where he's throwing it because it obviously should have been there already. Or sometimes it does get to the receiver, gets through the traffic, and it's just it's so hot on it that you, you can't hang on to it. So it's not ideal, man. But going back to his time with the Browns, and this is even pre-injury, I still remember... The OBJ, one of the one of the passes that I remember was the first moment I said, okay, it's it's a lot on Baker. There was an OBJ pass where it's like down the field, in the end zone, 30, 40 yards downfield. Baker throws it. OBJ looked like from the game footage when you're watching the game live that he had his arms out and then Alligander armed it as another player was coming across and was going to crush him. And so he didn't lay out for the ball and ended up that the the catch wasn't made. And people said, there you go. OBJ sucks. What's Baker supposed to do? Go back and watch it on all 22 footage the next day. And I see that OBJ is running a route that is directly down the seam and he is wide open. Baker throws it inside where Odell Beckham Jr. had to slow down and veer to his left into a safety that's coming towards him. And he had to kind of slow up, break his stride, everything. If it's on time, down the seam where it should have been, where the route was, it's a no-doubt touchdown, unless OBJ just drops it. But instead, Baker makes the bad throw that isn't readily apparent on TV, but when you go back and watch the film, you say, oh, yes, that's a bad throw. It's a throw that an NFL quarterback should not be missing on when the play is open. And that's... I'm not saying his dad was right to go put out a video that showed all those highlights that were clear that he was not in the fault on a lot of those plays, but it's something that got around the NFL fairly quickly about Baker was that he was not owning up to his mistakes. He's making a lot of them and he's late on all his throws. Troy Aikman points this out about Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky can do everything on the football field that you need him to do. There's a reason why he was drafted where he was drafted. Ability wise, he's there. He's so late reading defenses like you have to have a guy who is wide ass open for him to get him the football and baker is so bad at reading defenses not to mention all the other things he had three more turnovers yesterday he's a turnover machine he had five balls batted down at the line of scrimmage a problem that is not going to go away and the reason i say he's been given a stay of execution sam darnold who also by the way is no good It's not like Aaron Rodgers is coming off of IR here and it's an easy decision. Sam Darnold is no good. He's eligible to come off of IR today. And so some speculated, especially after the game yesterday where Matt Rule said, I don't know who my quarterback is. We'll figure that out. That Baker's going to get benched and Sam Darnold's going to be the guy. 
Trust me, if they could, they would. Matt Rule said that Sam Darnold's ankle is not close. He is not close to practicing. The doctors have not cleared him. And so Baker is the starter because they have no other options. The only other quarterback, I think, on the roster is, what's his name, P.J. Clark or... P.J. Fleck. P.J. Fleck. Him too. Yeah, I don't know what's who his it name, is. Teddy? I forget. Isn't it Walker? P.J. Walker? P.J. Walker. Walker. That's right. Maybe. P.J. Walker. Sure, who knows? And they're not willing to give him the starting job. That's no. the only reason why Baker Mayfield has not, be, not been benched. But I will just add, and it's not fair to compare you know, mediocre to bad quarterbacks to the elites of the NFL. But the difference, we watch these highlights of like Pat Mahomes, right? And people always will, you know, drool over the the highlight reels. They'll show it eight different ways of, did you see Pat Mahomes throw it sidearm as he like chucks it while he's spinning around and all this stuff. That is all impressive. But you know why Pat Mahomes is good? Not because he can like do a 360 and then throw the ball 80 yards down the field. Although that helps. It's... It's the 90% of the time where he has to make the right read and he throws the ball approximately on time where it should be. Now, sometimes it's not the most accurate or sometimes it's not, you know, again, the defense makes a good play. I'm not saying he has a 90% completion percentage, but the great quarterbacks in the league, even the really good quarterbacks in the NFL, they see that ahead of time and make the right throw. It doesn't really, to me, like Pat Mahomes is not great because he can throw it side-armed or underhand or backwards. Or It's the fact that when the ball's supposed to get there, it gets there. And yes, their offense is dynamic. It's well-designed, all that stuff. But if you can't read your offense, if you can't make the right reads in that offense, doesn't it doesn't matter. matter. If you've missed anything from the first two hours of the program, we got you covered with the rundown coming up. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic from the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. <clears throat> Pardon me. Good afternoon. You'll find an earlier accident as cleared from 670 Westbound at I-70. All lanes have reopened in that area. The traffic is still slow as it recovers. Plan on some residual delays. This traffic report is sponsored by Tim Hortons. Tim's is turning coffee day into coffee month with a 99 cent medium hot or iced coffee when you order on the app. Celebrate coffee month with Tim's fresh fruit original blend coffee for just 99 cents. Limited time. U.S. only. Valid on TimHortons.com or in the app. Additional terms apply. I'm Leanna Ray with fan traffic. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. These guys are a big deal, and by big deal, I mean cheap and fat. You're listening to Common Man and T-Bone. Happy Monday. It's Reaction Monday. Jason's Beat is coming up at 534. I assume you will be asking Jason about the uh, Braves sweeping out your Mets this past weekend. Uh, Yes, I definitely will be, and I will be trying to find any silver linings to the fact that my Mets have had a very, very, very good season, but the Atlanta Braves have had an epic season. Again. Hey, and it hurts me. They're good. They won the World Series for a reason. I know, Yes, I know that, but it's still, as a Mets fan, when my team has a really good season, too, and has a 10.5 game lead at the start of the summer, I don't expect by the end of the summer I'm going to be sitting here bemoaning a three-game set with the Braves where they get swept out. Worst... Worst time that you could pick to get swept out by your arch rivals. I know. 
And I'm not excusing that this weekend. However, I mean, this season could end with the Mets winning 100 games. Oh, if they take two out of three from the Nats, they will what be the, exactly right. at 100. What the hell are you supposed to do? I know. I, Sometimes just tip your cap. I Yes. And if it was any, that's like, yes, Ohio State football scored 60 points, but Michigan scored 61. Well, you just got to tip your cap. That's fine if it's no, any other team. Th- first of all, I hate this the team. The New York Mets are not the Ohio State Buckeyes. I get that. I'm just pointing out for me as a Mets fan, that's how I hate the Braves to that level. And all right. By the way, congrats to all the Braves fans who just woke up today because I'm in the sales meeting with our guy, Jeff Pavolino, who is a great sales guy here at the fan. Look at you. And I'm sitting there. Jeff's a piece of crap. Sales- <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> Jeff's our guy. But I'm sitting there with Pavs. We're in the sales meeting and something comes up about the, you know, how was your weekend? He's like, oh, my Braves took three of the Mets. I didn't know he was a Braves yeah, fan. I didn't, well, welcome. Everybody's Glad you're there. a Braves fan. Oh, everybody's a Braves fan. My buddy Morgan's a Braves fan. My Jen Winters is a Braves fan. Everyone I know, Braves fan all of a sudden. Great. Glad you're all here. Jen, Jen Winters has a reason to be a Braves fan. Yes. Her brother worked for the Braves. And Greg Maddox gave him the perhaps most epic photo I've ever seen of a sports photograph. It is of Mark Lemke and who else? It's going to drive me crazy, but two of the former Braves players from back in the day standing and watching one of the luxury suites burn down at old Fulton County Stadium. And and they had a photo of it. They took, when there weren't cell phones everywhere that you could snap photos with, he mentioned this photo and Greg Maddox got him a copy of it and I think got both guys to sign it or something. Like it's a tremendous photo. Go follow Jen on Twitter and you can find that. We'll uh we'll retweet it out from the Man and Bone account. But it's an epic photo. So I don't blame her for being a Braves fan. I just hate the Braves. That's basically the end of this rant. Rundown, let's do it. Common man and T Bones, the rundown. The rundown. Sponsored by Mobile Center, part of the five G T Mobile Network. Buckeyes beat Rutgers forty nine to ten. On Saturday, sort of a weird game. If you were to tell me before the game that it would be forty-nine to ten, I would think that you know CJ would pad his Heisman resume, which he didn't. I, I I don't know what to make of it, but I'm still optimistic. Here's why: this team, I think, is getting tougher every single week. You know, Ryan Day used the word last year "young" a lot, inexperienced a lot. I think he'd like to say "soft." but he's not going to do that. I think that he's added some spice in that coaching room. The defense is playing with a little bit more of an edge. Ryan Day's screaming at Graciano during the game, which I love to see. And they are just pounding the hell out of that football right now. Travion Henderson, you obviously want him to get healthy because you want both of these guys. But my love affair with Mayan Williams continues. You got, he's just a basher, and the knock on him has been in open space, Guys can catch him. He's not very fast. First of all, that's a myth because oh, we yeah, saw him outrun done. quite a few guys. And who can, as long as he's smashing your head in and picking up huge chunks of yards, that's okay. It's okay if a corner tracks him down after he's already run for 50 yards. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, Mayan Williams, five touchdowns on the day, tying the single game mark for Ohio State football. Uh, that has been set two other times by Pete Johnson in 1975 and Keith Byers in 1984. If you can get your name mentioned with those two guys when it comes to running the rock at Ohio State, you're doing okay. You're doing really good, in fact. So 
Yeah, he had he had a great day, man, and I I love Mayan Williams as a player. He is fun to watch. I think he brings a lot of uh, like Maurice Claret sensibility to the game from his freshman year, where he was just on fire and ridiculous. That's that's what that tenacity that that ferocity of hitting the line and just not being afraid of contact, having the breakaway speed to go make you pay as well. I love watching him play. I love watching the running game. And as we talked about, you know, in the first hour, passing game was still more than adequate to beat Rutgers. Is it the sharpest right now? No. I would say everyone on that coaching staff and everyone on the offensive staff would look at that and say they could do a little bit better in the passing game. And I don't think that means C.J. Stroud suddenly has just forgotten how to play football. I think it means it's a little tough to keep your focus sometimes in these type of games. I think there are teams that are tough to keep your focus mentally. So we'll see how that focus ratchets up when they go on the road this week. I think it may help them. You know, they've been at home for the entire season, and now you're going on the road, you're playing in a different environment, and, you know, look, in a perfect world, you run out of that tunnel every single week, and you say to yourself, I only have a certain amount of these, and so I'm going to go out there and play this week like my hair's on fire. The reality is, you know you're favored by 39 points. You know that if you do things the right way, you're taking the second half off. These guys know that. And sometimes you lose that edge because of it. Now you're going on the road to face a team that's not any good. Michigan State's not any good. But you know what's really not good? They're secondary. So if we're looking at another 154-yard performance from C.J. Stroud this weekend, then we can be concerned. But I don't think we're going to see it. No, I tend to think not either. Uh, I do think, though, defensively, we can still, we didn't touch on this much, but linebackers, pretty good. They're doing all right. I think they're the best part of the defense. Yeah. We haven't said that in years. Tommy Eichenberg, Steel Chambers. Who's coaching linebackers, too, by the way? Jim Knowles. Yep, that's right. And it's, that's one of the big additions that Ryan Day has made to this coaching staff. Clearly, it's it's had some impact. So this is good to see. I think this is a team that, yeah, I mean, could they? would we all like to see Rutgers have them lose by more? Yes, but... Well, they won the game by 39 points. <laughs> I know, and I'm trying to keep that all in perspective and also not freak out about things that ultimately it doesn't matter if you beat Rutgers by one or 100. No, as long as you take care of your business and the ones that are a lot more important. If you go to happy Valley in a few weeks, the end of the month and you smack them, then, then you're doing fine. It doesn't matter what that Rutgers scores. You take care of business against me chicken at the end of the season. doesn't matter what that score is, but we are looking for signs and things to point to to say, yes, those games will go well for Ohio State. So we have to kind of pick and choose and look at all this. Wisconsin fires Paul Christ after losing to Illinois over the weekend. They lost to Illinois by 24 points. Of course, they were here last week and got their ass kicked by Ohio State. They lost to, to Washington State earlier this season. Look, and I've read a couple articles this weekend saying that this is this new world of college football coaching and unrealistic expectations is unfair on the coaches and what are these guys supposed to do? And he's won 10 games multiple times, blah, blah, blah. Look, man, they're paying him $16.4 million to go away. Cry me a river. 
Let's not talk about how tough things are with the portal and how these coaches get fired at the drop of a hat. They also get new contracts every 10 seconds. He's getting $16.4 million to walk out the door. I don't feel sorry for Paul Christ. And I also don't feel sorry for a Wisconsin program that says our goal every single year is to play for a Big Ten championship. And they know that's not attainable. They underperformed in 2020. They won nine games last year, thought they should have performed better. This year, they're not off to the start they want. They look at programs like Nebraska and like Iowa, and they say, we don't want that. We don't want to sink to that. We don't want to start lowering our expectations because then that's what happens. So they're trying to correct it. Yeah, I don't blame them at all for doing it. You're right, it gets expensive. They gave Paul Chris that extension January of this year. So... Yeah, now, from a wasted money standpoint, right? You're right. It's it's frivolous, but well, and Jim Leonard is the guy that has you know he's on the staff. He is obviously a former player. He's a good defensive mind. I think most people looked at this and said, whenever it's time for Paul Chris to be done at Wisconsin, they've got Jim Leonard in waiting to come in and be the head coach. Well, the start to this season was bad enough. They said, let's just go ahead and see if that plan is good. Let's go ahead and give him, I'm not saying they're going to just outright give him the job right away, but he's the interim head coach now. They're going to see how he does the rest of this year. I'm sure that's a big, giant job interview. If he is awful the rest of the way out, maybe that makes them reevaluate. But I'm guessing if he gives them any signs of life, they sign him to a deal and say, this is the coach now, and he and they try to go with him. I honestly believe that's where Wisconsin's headed next. Browns lose to the Falcons. More busted coverage on defense. Uh, another game you should have won. You should be 4-0. You've play, you played the easiest schedule in the NFL so far. I don't care that Jacoby Brissett's your quarterback. He's not your problem. The reason you're losing these games is not because of him. The reason you're losing these games is because you are not taking advantage of red zone opportunities on offense and putting more points on the board when you can, and you are not stopping guys in the third and fourth quarter of games. You have more busted coverage in this game yesterday. Yes, they did. And I, I think to your point about the offense, um, no, they were not good in the red zone. But is that on any particular player on this team? Or is that on a coaching staff offensively, namely Kevin Stefanski, who has not been able to crack that nut over the last few years? With It's been different quarterbacks. It's been different personnel. And yet they still have the same issues when they get in the red zone. They have the same issues in short yarded situations. And yesterday you have a prime example. I know it's easy in hindsight when you lose by three to look at a game where you left three points on the board. But barring something ridiculous on a fourth and three from your own four or not from your own from their four yard line, you should be able to kick that chip in field goal and have a three nothing lead to start the game off. And then you go from there. Maybe the game plays out totally different. I have no idea. But just set the standard early that we're going to get points on the road whenever we have the chance and we're close. Yeah, if you want to, maybe you're at home and you're, I don't know, you're, you're in a certain scenario where it's fourth and one and you've just been able to do whatever you want at the line of scrimmage all day long, then that's different. This is the start of the game on the road and you gave them some momentum they did not need where you could have just kicked a field goal and kept on a going, had an extra three points in your pocket, might have helped you at the end of the day. Now you got the Chargers coming in. Lost. Far, far and away, lost. The best offense that you're going to see. For a defense that already has problems. Common Man and T-Bones. The Rundown. The Rundown. Sponsored by Mobile Center. Part of the 5G T-Mobile Network. Good news, Bone. Oh, what's that, man? I agree completely. Hmm? There's a start over. Good news, Bone. What's that, man? I agree completely with a crazy college football coach. Great. 
de- <laughs> details. Can't wait next. to hear what that's about. <laughs> Common Man and T Bone on the fan. Fan traffic from the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Some delays to watch out for. Traffic is slow on I-71 northbound between 670 and 11th Avenue. Plan about a five-minute backup. And U.S. 33 eastbound between Route 104 and Hamilton Road. Traffic is slow there as well. This traffic report is sponsored by Ohio Laborers and Ohio Lessett. Ohio Laborers, Lessett, and Panera Bread would like to congratulate member of the week, Emily Westbrook, Laborers Local 758, Zanesville. Emily is a first-year apprentice working at Wright Traffic Control. Build Ohio Wright, build at Union. Eliana Ray with Fan Traffic. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Did you feel that? It's your radio getting fatter. Getting fatter. Chubby time! This is Common Man and T-Bone. Tonight on The Fan, it's the Buckeye Show at 6. Then at 6.45, Jackets preseason action. Jackets in Carolina. Crew got themselves a 2-1 victory. They did, Mike. And that was uh, pretty shocking for them to come back. First time in club history. They have been down going into the final. I think it was the 87th minute. And normally they give up leads. Yeah. In that right. time. Uh, this is the first time in club history that the crew trailed entering the 89th minute and won. Now, I would like to remind you the Columbus crew are the oldest team in MLS have been playing since the inaugural season. So that goes back to 1996. They've never done what they did this past weekend. Kept their playoff hopes alive. It's uh, They got a game midweek here, a makeup game, and then it all comes down to the game against Orlando City, most likely uh, this weekend. So that is quite the big deal. I would also like to shout out very quickly the Columbus Crew 2. two. That would be the MLS Next Pro League, which is the, you know, what they used to call the Reserve League. Guys that are, you know, not quite ready to play for the big club. Those guys, their team has been very good this year. The Capybaras is what a lot of the fans call them. They had a stunning victory, three to two at Crew Stadium over Toronto's two Toronto FC two. So they are now in the cup game for that. They What's are in the, the finals. Cup? MLS Next Pro Cup, I believe, is what they call. It. They're in the finals. They are. There's only two teams left. So you might see Crew two win a championship this year. Ooh. In Crew one may miss the playoffs, but we'll find out. That's all coming up this weekend. Uh, Mike Leach is the head coach at, where is he, Mississippi State? Uh, Yes. Yes. I have long enjoyed him just because he's crazy. I don't necessarily condone his behavior all the time, but you know, most coaches, they give you coach speak. They're not listening to you. They don't care. He will take in a question. He will ponder it. If you ask him about Halloween candy, he will give you a two-minute answer on Halloween candy. And so Mississippi State was playing whoever the hell they were playing on the SEC Network this past weekend. The the reporter on the field for the SEC Network had this exchange with Mike Leach after the game. I know you have strong thoughts on weddings. Um, I'm in the middle of planning one right now. Do you have any advice for me? Who are you marrying? His name is Trevor. Okay, yeah, well... I'll have to you set up a meeting and I'll talk to him. 
Um, okay, so uh, where's Trevor from? He's from Florida. What does Trevor do for a living? He works in sports as well, covers football. He does what? He covers football as well. Really? Well, I don't know. We'll keep a close eye on it, but whatever you and Trevor decide, I would kind of keep it on the down low, which you failed to do that. Trevor was probably planning to, but you didn't. Uh, so go ahead and uh, uh, don't, don't say anything else about it, but as soon as the season's over, or even an off week, go elope. Trust me on that. Go elope. Because uh, basically every female in the family is going to terrorize you guys until it's over. Once it's over, I mean, they'll be upset for a few days, but it'll be over. And then, you know, you cruise away, uh, along, have a happy marriage, have a happy life. I'll pass along the message. Thanks, Coach. Congrats okay. on the win. Trevor, unless he's crazy, is totally on my side. And trust me on this. <clears throat> if Trevor doesn't uh, have the sense to do that, Tell him to call me because, I mean, he needs to do trust. I've told all my kids, I'll give you $10,000 extra if you elope. So far, they haven't done it, but I would, too. I'll have him call you. That's my advice. Mm -hmm. I've said this for years. We look back on our wedding, me and my lovely wife, and we hate it because we did what everybody else wanted us to do. We should have just eloped. That was the end of it. So many people are worried about offending the family members. They act like it's their wedding. You do what you want to do. And Mike Leach is my guy saying, I'm going to give my kids an extra $10,000 if they go elope. What do you think he gives the kids? Oh, I have no idea. But I would, hope, I would hope it's gives. a lot. I mean, it's got to be hundreds of thousands. I don't know. You know, some people he's want their kids. I know he's worth it, but that doesn't mean you're just going to hand it over to your kids. Maybe it's in a trust. Well, then you're stupid. That's <laughs> dumb. Give your life's not easy. Life's tough for everybody, and then like you're one of the few people where it came easy for you to make millions of dollars because you're a football coach. Give your kids well, five hundred grand and say, "I Go don't out there know and, if it came easy for well, him." Well, okay, you he know what has I mean. A job that pays him money. You know what I mean. I know what you mean. But a lot I also of people have hard jobs. They don't make. Three, four million dollars a year I for doing their it. job. I understand. I also respect people that say, I'm not just going to give my kid a bunch of money before they do anything. Yeah. Well, good for you. I'm good. If I have if I have $10 million or $5 million, yeah, I'm giving my kid a few hundred grand a piece. Say, go out, live your life, get started, have a good time. Hope that works for you. I, I want you to be successful, more successful than me. I hope it works out. But in either case, with when it comes to this, he is 100% right. Don't do your wedding for anybody else. Do it for you. Do what you need to do. That's right. Because you're not going to make anybody else happy, even if they're like, I really wanted you to do it this way and do that. Then they're going to get there. The people who are that miserable, they have to tell you how to live your life. They're going to get there and go, the food's lukewarm. Oh, my gosh. They didn't get the who right cares? shade of who the cares flowers. cares what they think? You got to make yourself happy. Stop listening to those people you in your life. You got to do what you want to do. Absolutely right. I'm going to say this to my daughter. If you want to have a big wedding, here's I have some money set aside for you to do that. But I recommend that you don't. Take this money, go start your life. Put a down payment on a house, do whatever the hell you want to do. Don't waste it on this big show for other people. If it's important to you, fine. Well, it's I I'm I don't understand that I saw that uh, her husband or her soon to be husband, that was Alyssa Lang, who okay. you heard interviewing Mike Leach. Trevor Sycamore is the guy she's marrying. And I saw he's on Twitter. He's got like 60,000 followers. 
He's a pro football focus guy. Oh, great. But he said... I love pro football focus. Well, but I agree with him on this. He had a little, little thing of like, I agree with Coach Leach. Fed up with the overinflated and manipulative practices of the wedding industry. I'll have my people call your people, Coach. And he's, he's right. Like... This whole notion that if you don't spend a hundred grand on your wedding or whatever oh, no, it is, no. it's ridiculous. That's stupid. It's ridiculous. It's a waste. And, and no one can have like just a regular bachelor party too. Oh, you have to gosh. go away to Vegas or whatever the hell you've seen on the hills. I'll tell you what, man. If your parent again, and I'm saying this as if I didn't have my parents breathing down my neck on that. My wife did not have that with her family. But if your family is doing that. What I think you should do is look them in the eye and say, why don't you take all that money you want to spend on my wedding and use it for therapy for yourself? Because I got other things I'm doing with my life. And see what they say to that. Because that's the issue. They're trying to live out their problems through you. Don't let them do it. That's right. I'm with Mike Leach. Uh, Me too. And and you know what? I respect that he actually listens to people. No, the, that conversation was great because he actually heard what she was saying and was He's taken aback by questions. Yes, right. So what does he do? Okay, now you tell him to call me. This is very important. He Next does, up, Halloween candy. <laughs> he does have some problems listening to you if you're like, Coach, I have a concussion. He's like, I, I, don't, I didn't, what? Get in that closet over Get there. Get in the shed. <laughs> but you know what, go, to the, go to the head injury shed there. Adam James probably deserved yeah. it. Craig yeah. James's kid. Deserved it. I'm sure he did. I'd put him in the Mike shed, Leach too. Mike Leach is like, why don't you go in there with Tua? Tua's already in there. Go ahead. You know, your father's calling me on the phone thinking he can coach this team. How about you coach her from the shed? <laughs> How about that? Yeah, that's going to be great. Uh, Jason's beef is coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Some slowdowns to watch out for on the roads right now. You'll find traffic is delayed on I-71 northbound between 670 and 11th Avenue. Plan on some backups in that area. And more delays on I-70 downtown split eastbound between the 71315 west split and the 71 east split. This traffic report is sponsored by Tim Hortons. Tim's is turning coffee day into coffee month with a 99-cent medium hot or iced coffee when you order on the app. Celebrate coffee month with Tim's fresh brewed original blend coffee for just 99 cents. Limited time, U.S. only, valid only on timhortons.com or in the app. Additional terms apply. I'm Leanna Ray with fan traffic. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. He likes baseball. He likes solar eclipses. He likes Shohei Otani. But he loves roast beef sandwiches. It's time for Jason's Beef with everyone's favorite baseball writer, podcaster, author, and former mustache owner, Jason Stark. Jason's Beef comes your way on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Jason Stark, good to talk to you, my friend. Mike, it is great to talk to you. It is the last week of the season. Do you agree with me that the Reds have to go for gold and lose 100 games? <laughs> Everybody else is doing it, huh? <laughs> That's right. That, like, they don't seem that interested in winning any more games, so does that mean they're they're going for it or they're just not interested? No, I, I think that, because Teddy's a Reds fan, but he's always said that it's sacrilege for him to root against his team. I said 
that you have to root against your team when you're staring at a milestone like this. <laughs> you want them well, to lose 100 games. Yeah, you know, I've covered a lot of bad teams in my day, and I've always said, if you're going to be bad, be really bad. Yes. Because yeah, that's way more interesting than just being a little bad. Right. It, well, don't worry. The Reds are really bad. And yeah, I agree. I'm sure that, uh, you know, Castellini's in the tanning bed right now thinking about all that money he's going to spend in the offseason. <laughs> <laughs> on what, on more tanning products? On more or? tanning products, not on actual baseball players. The, yeah, so let's see, the Reds haven't lost 100 games in like 40 years. Is that right? Something like that, but they've lost 90 games six times under the Castellini oh. ownership. Oh, yeah, they're good at that. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I don't know how to describe um, how the Castellini family is going to react to this, but they tend to react when, it, when like, things go this badly and the fan base gets this turned off by saying, hey, we need to do something to get these fans interested again. So like, it really wouldn't shock me if they were incredibly active this offseason just because the the like the owner is impulsive and emotional and could he could order them to do pretty much anything outside of uh, have a higher payroll than the Dodgers. You know, kind of on that on that same line of thinking, Jason, you know, I am convinced that a lot of these owners don't feel it obviously the same way fans do. You know, when their team loses 100 games, I am of the opinion that a lot of the ownership groups just sit there and go, well, next year we'll get it. It's part of our long-term strategy or something like that. But you're a little more plugged into, you're a lot more plugged into this than I am. If it, Like broad numbers, you know, a third of the ownership groups from what you could understand. I mean, you think it's half the owners in Major League Baseball that when they have an awful season where they don't do what they wanted to or they're just not as good as they had hoped to be? Does it? How many people do you think it actually bugs in ownership groups? A third, a half? None of them? Like, oh, what, I, what do you I, think? No, I think most. I think it's w- much higher than that. Um, okay. You know, just the, uh, you know, I don't talk to every owner or every team president or whatever, but um, unless they're putting on a really good act, uh, you, you know, they didn't they didn't get rich enough to buy a baseball team by being bad at anything, and to be the subject of um, mass derision and dislike, uh, to, and to, to look inept at what they're doing, I think a lot of them react badly to that. Now, whether they would react by doing what fans would do, <laughs> that's kind of another story. They, they're very, most, they all recognize that it's a business. I, mean, I don't know what would get Bob Nutting, for example, to, to get, get the pirates, uh, revved up to, to do whatever it takes to win. But, I mean, your question is, do they hate losing as much as you would like them to hate losing? And I think that answer is yes. Jason Stark joining us here on The Fan for Jason's Beef. It is the end of the season, which means you have released some of your postseason, not postseason, uh, regular season awards on The Athletic. Give me your MVPs. Give me your Cy Youngs. And I know you do Cy Yucks, too. So give me those. Uh, yeah, my uh, column appeared today in the Athletic, and uh, I, like the the Twitter response is wearing me out. But M- MVPs, 
I, I mean, I, you know, it's in the open. I love Otani, but I don't think he's the MVP. I think Aaron Judge is the MVP of the American League, not just because of all the home runs he's hit by, but the fact that he's leading the league in everything, and not just leading, leading by 30 runs scored and 80 total bases and 100 points in OPS. So I love Otani. He's not the MVP this year. Nationally, it was really hard. I think it's still Paul Goldschmidt because he's been the best offensive player in the league, even with a really rough finish. Um, Manny Machado's close. Freddie Freeman's close. Nolan Arenado and Mookie Betts are in the argument, but I I, I would take the best offensive player. Um, Cy Young's AL, Justin Verlander has been amazing. Everybody who's had his season in history has won the Cy Young, even though having his calf injury did cost him some starts and some innings. i tell you what, Otani's in that argument too. And then National League, I am not really permitted to reveal this because I have a vote. Um, I, in the column, however, I do spend a lot of time talking about how good Sandy Alcantara is, if you want to draw any conclusions from that. And my Cy Yucks, Araldis Chapman, have you watched that guy try to throw a strike? It's painful. It's brutal. Uh, and then Patrick Corbin finished 6-19. and 19. Um, I, Do I even need to explain that one? That entire... Washington pitching staff could be a Cy Yuck. Oh, easily. I mean, what you was it? Was it 50 games without a starting pitcher winning a game? Something like that. Yeah, and you know that they have they have the worst winning percentage since winning a World Series than any team ever? Think about it. Some of those teams tank. They got those Marlins teams. Didn't Connie Mack sell off like every player? The 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 Nationals have the worst record by any team that won a World Series in the, the next three years, and they're not close to uh, getting back to another one from what I can tell. By the way, I just wanted to add, I don't know if you have an award for best bullpen in the history of the world, but uh, the Braves this weekend looked like it for about 14 innings against my Mets, and Jason, help me understand, why is it that my team might very well win 100 games and I have an empty, gross feeling inside of my stomach yeah. as the Mets once again probably lose this division of the Braves? Yeah, I don't blame you. You know, you know I feel for you, man. I, I know I painted this picture of what I thought was going to happen on this show two weeks ago, mm-hmm. but even if I saw it coming, I, I still felt bad afterward. I wasn't a little more gentle about it, but like the bottom line is the bottom line. To, to be 10 and a half up and not finish first. No team has done that, had a lead that big, and not finished first since the 1995 Angels. I looked at baseball reference today, and it said the Mets had been in first for 175 days. And I haven't found the last team to do that and not finish first, but stay tuned. Uh, But I, I still think this is more about the Braves than the Mets, because the Braves... The last four months have played. They've been the Dodgers. They've been that good. Um, so, let me ask you a question. Uh, we just finished recording my Starkville podcast, and Doug Glanville and I were debating whether what's happened to the Mets qualifies as a collapse. I mean, I I've spent most of my life in Philadelphia. 
I know what collapses look like. <laughs> they don't look like this. But you can tell me what you think it is. I think in the micro sense it's a collapse because you had three games and you needed one. Yeah, but in the, in the macro sense, no, I agree with you because they're on like the Braves are on a 114 game pace from June 1st on. That's just ridiculous. But you had yes. three against them. You needed one. You got none. Yeah, you got to win one game with DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett pitching. Right. And instead, those games were, wow, they were scary. But I, I still think it's a, it's more about the Braves than it was about the Mets. I, I, I agree with you, though. Um, you gotta, you've got to win a game if you think you're a real contender. And, you know, there's, there's a number of problems here. Like, the again, if you're going to go macro, this is probably the window to win with DeGrom and Scherzer. DeGrom's opting out. You know, he's not going to be there next year. And then uh, the, the short-term consequences go way beyond we feel bad we didn't win because now they have to use DeGrom and Scherzer in the wild card series. That's a huge consequence. Now that means they, even if they win, they, keep, they have to start the NLDS not with DeGrom and Scherzer at home, but two games in Dodger Stadium with somebody else pitching. And then you look at this postseason schedule in the National League. You have to play five of the first six days, potentially, and then five of the next six, and then five in a row. So you're going to need every starter. And so you can't reset your rotation. Uh, you're, you can't get by with a thin bullpen because they're not going to be rested. There are so many consequences to this happening to the Mets. I honestly do feel bad for them, for Buck Showalter, a guy I love, and for, and for you too, my friend. Jason, we always appreciate it, my friend. We will chat next week. We will. Look forward to it. Jason's Beef with our guy Jason Stark on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Back page coming up. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for an accident causing some delays on 670 westbound at 4th Street. Traffic is beginning to build in this area. Keep an eye out for the police on scene as things begin to clear. About a 15-minute slowdown is expected. This traffic report is sponsored by Taco Bell. Taco Bell's nachos are loaded with melty cheese and nacho cheese sauce, plus crunchy fiesta strips, seasoned beans, tomatoes, and sour cream on top, or try them spicy with jalapenos and a creamy chipotle sauce. Get them today at a participating Taco Bell location near you. Only an array with fan traffic. Take- Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Buckeye Show coming up at the top of the hour. The fine host of the Buckeye Show, your friend and mine, Timmy Hall. Hello, Timmy. Oh, you guys. Bone man, just... Here to break down Rutgers weekend. Thank oh, God for yeah. fake punts, huh? Mm-hmm. That did gave you, us something. Uh, did you enjoy it as much as I did to see Ryan Day get after it? Please, like, man. He was he was upset. I just wanna I just wanna know what word for word what I I wish I could read lips. I really do. Like Beamer and I were reenacting it in the studio, of course not on the air, but just saying what we thought we Thought we would have said if I was Day and he was Greg Schiano or whatever. I just would love to know well, like the, exactly the good news what it was. Is, though is that you know the game's out of hand, and usually maybe you, you turn the game off. I kept the game on just because I wanted to see the post game handshake. 
I wanted to see what was going to go down. And they went, they were too nice, weren't they? Well, you know, you could tell that, that Ryan Day was talking to him, probably saying, hey, I had, a, I had a talk with my punter. I didn't call that. Just so you know, sorry I let tempers yeah. get the best of me. I respect the hell out of you. And they did the I respect you thing in the post game yeah. too. But in that moment, like there's no one on earth who doesn't like to see their football coach lose their mind. Me included. No, I thought it was... I thought everything that happened in that situation was the correct thing. And Greg Schiano should have been yelling like, too I'm and losing his mind the, too. I'm I mean, kind of with you, both. Except for yeah, the hit. I don't, like okay. the hit, I don't like to hit out of bounds because I don't care that you didn't like the fake punt. Maybe don't line up your entire team on the wrong side of the field and that doesn't happen to you. But after that, guy hits a, you know, a punter out of bounds. That's going to lead to a bunch of pushing and shoving. Schiano probably instantly, as soon as he saw that, goes, uh-oh, if my guy even tried to hit that guy out of bounds, there's going to be a problem. So he's sprinting across the field to get there. And then once he gets there, then Ryan Day sees him running. They're yelling at each other. And then afterwards, everybody said the right thing and looked at it and said, yeah, in the heat of the moment, we were mad at each other, but we figured it out and it's all good. I can't. What was that fellow's name? Crookshank that got ejected? Yeah, I believe so. I can even understand it on his behalf because he's not the one that would have been calling a fake punt. He plays for a team that's getting their heads ripped off by Ohio State. I can imagine you don't really envision games going like that when you're a power five, when you're a big-time college football player. There was a fake punt. He saw it. Was he a yard late hitting the guy? Yeah. Did he pay the price by getting ejected? Yes. So it was a 39-point football game, and it's like you said. It was a good football play for Jesse Murko and the fact that he took the field that was open. I don't want to talk about all this because I want to get into it in the next segment, but it was a fun little thing at the end of a football game, and it was a pretty boring football game, of course, outside of Mayan Williams just running over people again and again and again. It was a boring football game. They go on the road this week, and you know they they should be throwing the football over the place because, and we'll have time to get into this. But Michigan State's secondary yeah. is terrible. Michigan State is terrible. They just, how how shocked are you that they are going into this game now as almost a twenty six point favorite? Ohio State is. Yes. Yes. No, it doesn't shock me. First road game of the season. And doesn't again, like I'm I'm not gonna say I'm nervous, but it's No, I'm don't inter- be nervous I'm for this. Interested to see how Ohio State performs in their first road game this far into the season. They've never gone this late yeah. into the season before going on the road. Buckeyes show, top of the hour, right here on the fan. Back page. The back page. The back page with Common Man and T Bone. Sponsored by Care Heating and Cooling. When you need a company you can trust, call one eight hundred cooling. Bone. Well, man, you may have seen yesterday that uh, Seahawks wide receiver DK Metcalf was carted off to the locker room during their game against the Lions. If you missed this, people were wondering, why did he get carted off? We didn't see any noticeable injury. He was sitting down on like the side of the cart, not the way you usually see someone sitting on the cart. Uh, Field Yates and others broke this down. Apparently, the reason for that was because he had to go to the bathroom. And the distance, the old to, get, Joe pa. The distance to get to the Lions restroom facilities in the locker rooms uh that that distance apparently at ford field is the longest such trek in the league from the visiting bench so he said well i could walk or waddle over there i don't know what the situation would have been or i could have some vehicle take me there a little bit quicker having been in that situation many a time where it's like we've got an emergency on our hands the quickest you can get me there, I don't care how stupid it looks, I would have done it too. I don't blame you him know at what all I don't for that. get though. They have all sorts of injury tents now. They got the concussion tent, they got the regular injury tent. How about a crapper? Yeah. 
Why not? You put just, a tent up and a little porta potty there. You could just yeah, well, you could have like a little like a big tent and have three or four porta johns in there. Yeah, that you why, come not in the game. No, why not? No plumbing, full plumbing. Come on, oh, sure. Well, build in, an outhouse right there with all full I know plumbing is, and a running sink. Come on, all I this know is the is, NFL. Here's why they don't do that. Because wherever they put it, for sure, someone will run into it the very first week it's officially opened. Someone will run into it and knock the Porta John over, and you'll have a bigger mess on your hands. That's right. No Johns. Real stuff with a locking door. The punter's in there just reading a magazine. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, oh, my time. Where's, Hang on. Where's Johnny Hecker? Well, like the Chiefs punter, he didn't punt until right. the last He's, minute of the game last night. Where is he? He's crapping. Right. He's reading Mad Libs. <laughs> All right, Buckeye Show's next. Jackets time at 645. We'll see you tomorrow. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for an accident causing some delays on 670 Westbound at 4th Street. Police remain on scene trying to get things cleaned up. Please be cautious over here in the meantime. Plan on some backups as things continue to clear. This traffic report is sponsored by RumkeyCareers.com. Rumkey is hiring CDL drivers. Earn $1,400 to $1,700 per week with a $5,000 sign-up bonus. Paid CDL training available. Apply at RumkeyCareers.com or stop by the career fair at Rumkey on Fields Avenue every Wednesday from 11 to 3. Equal opportunity employer restrictions apply. I'm Leanna Ray with fan traffic. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM, HD1 Columbus, the fan. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.